So, maybe with that in mind, uh, are you ready? When, since when do I wait? <laughs> but, right? This is so, the first time you've asked me if I was ready. You usually try to catch me off guard. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, I'm trying to be more considerate because we are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. When's the last time we gave everybody news? Um... <laughs> Every now and again, we throw it in the episode, right? But like, well, opinions are news, right? So we're sharing uh, our, our opinions. Yeah, exactly. And live from <laughs> New York, it's Saturday night. Right? Nothing important, though. <laughs> it's charity's joke. Yeah, no, nothing really. I mean, no, like usually in the off season, like we, uh, you know, we we usually just make time to just connect and update people and what's going on in the Walking Dead universe. But mm, not much, not much lately. I mean, look, it's a lot. There's a lot lately, but. I guess it's just a lot of content, mm -hmm. you know? There's mm -hmm. so much content being thrown in our faces these days. It's just, it's hard to really pick up on the news. I mean, God, do, you know what's, you know what the crazy part is? And this is going to stay in the episode, is that once this, once December starts to roll around and the shows start to drop off, oh, there's only seven episodes of Fear, Sharon D says. In the first half, I hope you mean? <laughs> yeah, I thought they, I thought they cranked out the, the eight, but maybe they're trying to crank out the eighth one. Oh, okay. She's saying set, oh. only seven filmed. I, I, if I were, if I were to wager anything, I think they're really trying hard to get that eighth episode cranked out. And I think they can do it. You know, it's like we're only three in right now in five, mm -hmm. five weeks. You can, you can definitely get post done for sure. But who am I? I don't know. It's one episode. <laughs> I, you know, we'll see. But what I was going to say was once that eighth or well now seventh, so maybe it's not December after all, maybe, maybe, yeah. the, maybe that Thanksgiving will be the break. And so if that's the case, I'm for a, I get to start having a life again <laughs> for a little bit, right? But B, we can start really, first of all, we have to start posting the remaining parts of episode 100. That's going to yeah. be something um, we have that in the can already, meaning it's, it's all been filmed. It just needs to be chopped up. And and, and you know nicely one hour videos hopefully but um but yeah and then i can also start <laughs> i don't know maybe maybe by the time the seventh episode rolls around i can actually update the blog which <laughs> which you've been graciously giving me notes for but i just haven't had the time to actually sit down and do it and percolation nation is coming up and that's not too difficult but it's just another blog that has to be updated i don't know so anyway <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if all this is going to stay in i i just don't know but it's just the idea that people need to know something about what's going on right here with squawking dead is that we're having we're not used to having to do two episodes a week it's, it's something we're not used to doing i don't think the walking dead universe has ever i can't remember the last time we've had to do that except for like that fear of the walking dead walking dead crossover which was rough but we managed to somehow squeeze two episodes out in the same week you know the yeah. one for 816 and the one for uh fear the walking dead's episodes yeah. one and then we had to go right away into two because we we got that out on the saturday uh i think i don't know if no we didn't go live even because we weren't going live yet until the mid-season of that fear the walking dead season four so we did one and then i think we did two and three together okay and i think that was yes if i'm not mistaken that was call and response because we fell so far behind we had to get both episodes and then i had to do it in such a way that you know because we didn't have time to get together so i had to film the whole thing both episodes straight through and then carol did her response 
Reynolds and I interjected some of her commentary into my own. So, Oh yes. I remember that one. Yep. Just to speed that along. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and then we could finally catch up and then that was great. <laughs> I mean, look, you got to find ways of me. Ma- See, this is like the experimentation phase. Like we were doing pretty well, like even in season eight, when we were doing season eight, I was interjecting scenes from the show, like at the beginning and the end, like doing some cool things with production. But, um, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that anymore. Right. Although, although for some reason, like people really responded to that, you know, and I'm wondering if I should, I should do that again. It just, it's just time. You know, if I honestly, honestly, if you guys gave me like a lot of money, uh, <laughs> I would quit my job and do that shit like crazy. I would give you guys so much. I mean, I'm already trying to introduce, like, inject, like, screenshots. So that is something. But, you know, if I had to take in whole scenes, I would want to give it the right care and, like, layovers and and transitions and, you know, maybe putting them in little picture in picture boxes and stuff like that. Or I don't know. Maybe I'll do that here right now. Who knows? But, like, I (laughs) I would do so much to increase the quality of the show, you know? But, you know, and that was so cool. Like, we got, we get that last scene. On episode sixteen with Rick and Carl walking away, that was a really cool oh. touch. I like, and then oh, Father, starting with Father Gabriel, you gave me so much uh, before you gave me so much. That, remember that quote in the yeah. chapel yeah. when he yeah. could finally see again, <laughs> and Sharon, he's like, "Shut up and take my money." I'm like I, I am, I am. It's, but I'll say some. I have to say something. Yeah, um, it's nice to see that we have some money in the bank now. <laughs> That's good. Good. <laughs> some of other people's money instead of me, because I just had to inject fifty four for coffee today and that it was my money yes it was my money but it was nice to see money in the bank that was some of it was mine and some of it was everybody else's <laughs> good good that's always a good feeling <sighs> you know it's it's a weird feeling i want to show you what i got today before we get into the episode uh maybe a couple weeks ago ordered some um little teddy bear and buddies from my friend iron angel creations and they showed up today so here's my new princess bear whoa it's huge right look at they you are so big and they are so soft and like squishy they're so snuggle snuggleable they are they really are like even her goggles and everything so from now until november 1st you can get princess from iron angel creations for only 45 dollars. she's normally 60. so cue the uh the, low, right. the lower right. third title that's going to come up and, in the post. <laughs> and she does, um, she does all kinds of stuff, not just Walking Dead stuff, but obviously I'm drawn to the TWD. Um, but these are <laughs> a couple of other little little guys too. So a little voodoo doll. No, oh, sweet. That's and a cool. little skelmerm. <laughs> Tis the season to be creepy. <laughs> these little guys are um, 20 and they're all hand stitched. Holy she does crap. 20? Yeah. So the, the, the princess one was, um, was it 40 again? 40. 35 from now right. until November 1st. They are awesome. So definitely hit her up um, and do it before November 1st so you can get awesome deals. Oh my God, Sharon, I am absolutely blown away by your videos. Uh, Sharon yeah. just posted up her second question. She's been yeah. doing this um, post Fear the Walking Dead Q&A where she asked the fans three specific questions with a bonus question from Celtic TSO, Thomas O'Mara. Definitely follow at Blazy Gardener. It's exactly how it sounds. B-L-A-Z-Y-G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R um, so that you can, you can can get notified on Sunday night right after Fear the Walking Dead airs, right between Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead World Beyond. And so you can get those three or maybe four questions. She may cut your answers up into a conglomerate of answers, a cacophony of voices telling everybody what their answers to those 
questions. And they're usually like, you know, kind of like binary answers usually, but you can explain yourself. Sharon, the way she's been cutting them up is pretty cool. It shows like the myriad of responses and it's, it's just really, really well done. And she did a great job last week. I have no doubts that she'll do a great job this week. Although I answered this week. I didn't answer last week because there was just no time for me, but I answered this week. So I may screw up your flow. I will be. <laughs> I just haven't gotten it done yet. I need, I need time. I need time to think about some of these questions. I needed time to think about one of the answers. Yeah. We were talking just just before we went on. And hey, in case you, you're wondering, in case you want to be with us just before we go on, technically, because of the pre-show, uh, why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you buy us a coffee? And you can yeah. join us in the chat so you can hear what we've been saying before we go on. What, do, what am I talking about? ko-fi.com slash squawking dead. Follow us there. Set up an account. Follow us there. If you want, you can buy us a coffee. But when you do, you get 30 days of access to our behind-the-scenes footage, unedited episodes, and you get to be a part of the chat as we record and if you subscribe to coffee a month or more i ain't gonna stop you uh the party <laughs> just keeps on rolling you know you won't lose access to any of these th things and a new thing we've been doing is um we've been offering up our unedited episodes in a pay what you want model so you can pay whatever you want it's kind of like our own amc premiere only way less expensive <laughs> you get the unedited and you get them unedited gosh could you imagine if you got the unedited episodes of fear the walking dead the walking dead walking dead world beyond oh my god but yes we give them to you <laughs> you know with just a little bit of your support you know commercial free <laughs> And or, as Sharon points out, it actually shows up on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it actually shows up right after we record this lately, lately, which has been great. So if you spend three dollars in our coffee shop, which is what it's called, you will automatically have the ability to uh, see unedited contact uh, content and join us in the chats for you know for thirty days at least. So it's a great deal. It's a great introductory way to support the show and to maybe gain access to our exclusive content. So I think it's a great idea. And, and as Sharon says. And pretty good customer service, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm always here. I'm always here. I'm trapped in the box. I can't get out. <laughs> Except when I have to live in this box right here that you see them in. Yeah, how does this show get money if I'm in this box? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead's third episode of this season six, entitled, entitled? It's so entitled. And, it sh and it, you know what? It's entitled, and you know it deserves all its entitlement, and it's called Alaska. Rachel, what are your impressions of this episode? I can't tell you the last time I saw an episode that I didn't enjoy. So, but I, I, I did. I really liked it. A little bit of a character change in Al this this episode, not quite as much as I I guess wanted to see. Based on the last two episodes, these are we see these characters going through huge character changes. Um, hers wasn't quite as big, and it brought me to tears. <laughs> now, would you say because um, because a lot of the reviewers have been saying it is the best episode of Fear the Walking Dead thus far out of three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, still, you know. Or does it just keep um, getting better and better, you know? Yeah, I guess it depends on what you're looking for in an episode. I mean, episode one was very bloody, and I loved that. So this one, <laughs> was, more, this one was more, you know, sweet and romantic. And, and, and plaguey. Yeah, I mean, obviously we have to have some blech in the episodes, but I guess it just depends on what you're looking for in the episode. I, I liked, I really liked them all. I don't know if I would call this one the best so far. It is funny how we can categorize them by bloody, feces-y, and... <laughs> And sticky, and uh, and the last one being plaguey and smushy. Yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, Sharon D says I expected to like it more, but it really just didn't grab me like the last two. Interesting, mm -hmm. and I really can't put my finger on why. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I can probably answer for you, kind of based on something you said to me earlier today, which was like you kind of didn't really. First of all, you didn't really care about the Sherry 
and Dwight mm. story. And that makes sense for some, for, you know, hardcore Fear the Walking Dead watchers in general, but especially for you because you didn't really, you, you hadn't initially followed their journey and you binged the shit out of The Walking Dead in the last few months. <laughs> yeah, she says maybe. But it's possible that maybe you, you're not as invested in the Al story as a lot of Fear the Walking Dead folks, by the way, aren't really about. You know, Al is not the usual favorite character. It's like the John Dory's usually, sometimes the Junes, obviously. Like Sharon, do over here? Over there. Um, I, I mean, who else? Uh, definitely not a lot of Charlie fans, but definitely a lot of like old school Alicia Strand fans, you know, but not as much Althea. She kind of falls like in the, you know, outside the scope of like new people versus old people, you know, OGs versus new Gs. So Sharon, he says, I think it, I, I also really wanted Al to go with her because it would open up so many, so many stories. Um, and she also says, where's June? Where, who, who's Deanna? Um, yeah. And yeah. yes, and yes, she's echoing what I said later, which is people hate her in her camera. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I think a lot of people didn't like Al's character because she at first refused to get involved. You know, yeah. we saw her a lot of times just standing there instead of helping out. For like one and a half seasons, basically. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah. a hard character to like. Um, no, I really, I think I liked her the most. I mean, outside of Morgan, I think she was, she was, she was one of my, one of my favorite characters when she came on. Really? Yeah, for sure. I just like, I, I didn't I, but she wasn't my favorite. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to like her a lot more now, but... I like Odd Ducks. That's the thing. I, I really <laughs> do like Odd Ducks. They make me think. Like, they yeah. make my mind spin at a million miles a second. It's really <laughs> weird. Like, like out-of-place characters. Like, you could say the same thing for Wes, but Wes, to me, was just more funny. Like, it's just yeah. funny because they were us. Literally us going, okay, like, you people are weird. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to step in... Oh, gosh, now I'm in your story. Now I'm in your story. I don't know what to do now. It's, so that's funny to me, but Al seems like this weird person who's in the center of things. Like she, she's the only person in this universe who hasn't relinquished, and maybe, maybe a little bit more today, or not today, but this episode. But like she's only she up until now, two how many seasons, two and change now, where she yeah. just did never had to relinquish her past at all, and mm -hmm. still and still maintain some sort of growth. So she's anchored in some way, like tethered to the past and in terms of how she operates but then she still can manage to grow and find love and you know maintain <laughs> yeah. the, like her camera you know yeah that's true oh and charity with the oh. uh perhaps unpopular perhaps popular opinion or maybe mm -hmm. it's because i preferred hard ass al and not mopey al mm -hmm. mm. mopey mopey maggie grace versus badass guns <laughs> coming out of the top be like you want to mess with me i got layers bitch you know that kind of thing <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, nah, I like I like the myriad. Uh, I like the fact that now she has range a little bit, a little bit mm -hmm. of range. Like it's not like we didn't see that before. Obviously, we saw it in the end of everything. The end of everything. Sharon, yes. Sharon, he came in with the answer. And end I'm like, of everything. And I was like yeah. thinking of it. I'm like, yeah, I know it was a quiz because she yeah. says you're the prettiest thing since the end of everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Every season of Fear the Walking Dead, at least like these in the last four or five, whatever, they have that one or two episodes per you know per year that are just stand out. Like Laura, close your eyes. 
end of everything was definitely one of them like these standalone bottle episodes sometimes but this is kind of i mean like it feels like every episode that we've gotten so far is kind of like that though and i'm glad they've not been strict about like the types of anthology episodes that we're going to see because they open up with morgan now it's like every every episode does feature a little bit of morgan tying each episode together i like that yeah because yeah. as we see in the beginning of the episode we're opening up with a smiley happy morgan <laughs> right yeah you know, which is weird and i'm loving it smiling mm -hmm. and laughing yeah morgan is the common thread running through the anthology uh sharon he says who and who cut morgan's hair but daniel and you know it's daniel of course it is there's no question what a generous man too cutting his hair giving him jam from Ginny's Ginny's private collection <laughs> which gets uh rachel to side eye because she knows who makes the jam she knows Ginny's making the jam the gym jam it's just like how you know, I think Morgan is frequenting uh, Paradise Ridge, which is basically mm -hmm. where Daniel's stationed out of. You know, Ginny's not specifically there. In the opening shot, you see baby Morgan in the very crib that Morgan sees in the first episode with the mobile, the mobile, yep. the mobile, <laughs> with, the, with the horses, um, the carousel mobile. So yep. I thought that was kind of cool, nice touch. And then also, I don't know if you noticed this, but on top of all the plethora of food and clothes that he happens to give Rachel, if you look around the place, it's pretty decorated. Before it looked very, <laughs> remember the nativity scene that, mm -hmm. that we were picturing mm -hmm. in our mind? No, they, she has drapes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really cool to like see this place all decorated, nice, you know, like she, they live in a home. Oh, it's like uh, Michonne and Carl getting the bassinet, mm -hmm. uh, Sharon D says. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Morgan has, hesitates before he allows him himself to carry baby Morgan. He does. He, re he decides to not do it. But what do you yeah. think is going on there? I don't know. I don't know. The only th I wrote down, um, really, Morgan, your, your arm's not strong enough to hold a baby, but you can go out and do some woodwork and <laughs> yeah. swing that blade that weighs more than the baby. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. Maybe he just doesn't feel like he's ready yet. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, and Sharon D saying, didn't somebody say something to him about holding a baby, a baby again? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was on The Walking Dead, too. Yeah. Okay. So Sharon D says, yeah, and I can't remember who it was. Sounds like something Rick would say. Don't or, worry, Morgan. You'll hold a baby again someday. <laughs> yeah. Or like Jesus, maybe. Or you know what I mean? Maybe. I like that Morgan's quote is talking about people changing before, right? People, what do you say? People didn't used to change much. They tried, but it didn't always work out, you know? But now in the apocalypse, all people are doing is changing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that a lot. That in all these episodes. He makes a note to say, you know, and it happened, you know, sometimes, you know, like sometimes mm -hmm. people did change, you know, that one time time or two times in their lives that they've changed right but 16 yeah. different somebodies and it's true like you know we see him flip back and forth between these different <laughs> levels of morgan the things that define him clear mode morgan benevolent morgan uh all life is precious precious morgan uh yeah. help somebody morgan uh take <laughs> yeah. take what you need leave what you don't morgan yeah all these and redirection morgan oh my gosh you know it's kind of true though the way he even delivered that line it's like i've been sick and it's like it's it's almost like lenny james is going like when will these writers writers write me consistently when will they write me consistently <laughs> i've been 16 different somebody's god damn it pick one right 
Um, you know, and he's and he's worried that that he's not going to be the same guy that everybody remembers. I mean, yeah. really, I think he's most worried about Grace. What Grace is going to think about him? Yeah, but, and you know, and I, I kind of wanted to mention that, like, in relation to that, we said the same thing, or I did at least, no, whatever. With when it came to Michonne trying to find Rick, you know, if you had to murder tons of people to get to him, what was it for? You know, mm -hmm. Rick asks you, "What did you do to get here? Who did you have to be?" And then you start to wonder. You start to take a little step back. Back, and then you start to see, oh, wait a second. But Victor said that in the last episode. He said, I want to be the kind of man you can look in the face and you know, and be proud of. Mm -hmm. Dwight. Dwight himself just said it last season when we meet him. John Dory in June, take a, take a chance on him. Um, he, he says, you know, after like a lot of back and forth and trying to find fuel in a car, trying to get back to everybody in June and the radioactive explosion, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, even when John is almost about to give up hope, you know, like he sees the candy and whatever moves on and he learns something from John. He says, you know, like, I want to be the kind of man that Sherry can look in the eye and, and say, you know, that she could be proud of me. A lot mm -hmm. of people kind of feel in that way, you know, and you see this come up every now and again, like people making up for things that they, you know, that they did and, you know, never knowing that they'll never make up for it. But at the same time, you know, try to trying, yeah, yeah, try to be something that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, somebody can look you in the eye and say, hey, you know, you did it. You know, you tried, you know, try to be the best thing you could be. And so, yeah, you see Morgan wrestle with this idea that like, and that's, and going back to holding baby, uh, baby Gracie, ha, baby Morgan, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny? Baby Gracie, Morgan wants to be with Grace. Then you have baby, <laughs> then you have baby Morgan, baby, uh. Mor baby Morgie. <laughs> um, anyway, I just, that's a weird kind of weird parallel. Um, oh, Sharon, looked it up. It was Eastman who oh, said that to Morgan. It was Eastman, wasn't it? Mm. How odd that mm. Eastman was right. You know, what's really funny about the name Eastman, not to sidetrack a little bit, like Eastman is a Jewish name, by the way. Oh. It's a it's a weird Eastman is a Jewish name. The the name in Hebrew is Mizrahi or Mizrahi, meaning of the East. Like, okay. Yeah, it's I thought it was a, it's just a weird thing. And of course, what does he teach more Morgan? Like uh martial arts from the Orient. Uh you know, <laughs> oriented in the East. Uh, that is really funny. Anyway, good call. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah. That was awesome. That was really cool. So he doesn't want to carry baby Morgan because he doesn't want to fulfill Eastman's <laughs> prophecy until the job is done. I think I think that's part of it. And and that he sh and that he's sure that everybody can look him in the eye by the end of it too. Especially yeah. ba especially baby Morgie. The only thing left to really discuss with Morgan is his new weapon. Thoughts. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. When I first saw him putting it together, I didn't really think anything of it. I thought the axe was fine the way it was. <laughs> I like that symbolism though. You know, the old with the new and, and you know, keeping that part of himself with the new part of himself. And, you know, he literally merged his past and present. So I, I liked it. Yeah. I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny, like the, the end that broke off in it, you know, that he used to stab Emil, he, he uses the joining part to the axe. So, and but you know, obviously with a little whittling, whittling down and right, slotting right. things in just right. Yeah, no. When 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 you actually get to see that sequence up close, it does look kind of cool. It looks somewhat imbalanced. Oh, he did not keep the blunt end for the humans. No, he did not. If you look at the last uh, one of the last few frames or last few bits of the sequence, uh, there is no blunt end. He sh he whittled that end down. It, it does come to a point. Ooh, so I did not notice that. I yeah. was just I liked watching him <laughs> swinging it around. Yeah. <laughs> She calls she calls it his bow axe. 
away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's not a fine point. Like you know, Jesus's end, whatever. I don't know one that Jesus is yeah, pointy end for the dead. Um, but there, it is that it does come to a point, you know, and and so which further highlights the fact that this is definitely somebody else now. From from the top of the scene where you're seeing him smile, and by the way, not hesitating from saying Dwayne's and Jenny's names. This is something he's had a hard time recalling, but he belts out Dwayne and Jenny right away, talking about her, not mm-hmm. having a hard time, like freely offering this piece of him, which was so difficult for him to do before. It, I just kind of did a double take when he did that. I'm like, oh, talking about Chinese takeout, <laughs> you know, filling Jenny's belly, you know, with, while Dwayne was in inside her and everything. It's really funny. Right. Well, he has he has a unique opportunity with Rachel because she has no idea who he is other than the person who helped her husband. You know, I think he, you know, maybe feels like he can be more comfortable around her. She doesn't know anything about his past or what he did or what he was. So, but you could have said the same about Grace last year. Yeah, yeah. And yet could've. that and yet that was so difficult. <laughs> Like, I'm just, you know, you're having that little flashback. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> like, pulling fucking teeth. <laughs> but, um. Well, the first time we met Grace, she made Morgan strip down naked. So, not the best first impression. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the best impression. And yet, yeah, uh. exactly. Um, but yeah, but, but so from the first scene, completely di- like almost a completely different Morgan. Um, and not hesitating from just saying, yes, he's my friend. Yes. Daniel helping me smuggle all the shit. Yes. Yes. You can trust him. Confident Morgan. And then yeah. all the way till the end where you see him fashioning this weapon, this hybrid Frankensteinian weapon, uh, confident practicing with it. And like at the end of it, I wrote, oh, it's not defense Aikido. It's attack Aikido. Ha. <laughs> um, something I've mentioned on the show before, like the, the different versions of pre-war pre-war versus post-war aikido um mm-hmm. pre-war is attack post-war world war ii is defense or world war one I, I can't remember which i'm scared i'm not gonna be the man they knew mm-hmm. and then rachel says maybe you've changed but you're still the man they knew i think i think a lot of people would relate to that right i mean most most people are who they are at their core but we people do a lot of changing as they grow up and you know meet new people and have different influences but but at the core you're who you, you're always who you are i feel like well yeah and find themselves too like who they want to be who they want to be in the eyes of others you know at the end of the day right so morgan's always going to be the person that protects his his family and who he considers family the way he goes about doing that may change but he'll always be the the protector there are very few things that stay with morgan this is one clear present thing he does not shy away from helping people (laughs) essentially you can hide but you can't run morgan (laughs) um Morgan's so worried about changing himself, but yeah, the people when he finally catches up to the gang and gets everybody back, they might not be the same people anymore. Ooh, that's a scary thought. That's true, and especially when you start seeing the sneak peeks for John Dory next week. Yeah, he's <sighs> he's doing some heavy lifting, heavy yeah. wrestling with himself. Although that brings up another question: If you had the opportunity to see John Dory literally wrestling him, wrestling himself, Garrett Dillahunt, I would I would watch that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be very entertaining. Little baby oil, right? <laughs> Oh, okay. You like the filthy. I, I like the, the shiny, the shiny abs of, or, you know, maybe, the, maybe he wrestles his stunt, man. Let's split, let's split the defense. Oh, you know, <laughs> let's break even. <laughs> this is my ideal me. This is real me. Still not so bad, <laughs> but this is obviously better. Um, 
No, but no, that, that brings up a good point because like most people so far are, you know, two out of three are worried about how they're going to see the changes, you know, how they're going to perceive the changes. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. going to carry through to the end too. And we do get a peek of the rabbi, by the way, in the next episode. Rabbi uh, yeah. Jacob Kessner, it seems like. I didn't want to watch the next time on, but I did. <laughs> yeah. But going back to the title sequence, which kind of relates to what we're talking about. Uh, so far, the colors have been red, blue, and green. So somewhat primary colors, you know, uh, Althea's being the green. Yeah, green. Uh, mm-hmm. She has her stabby knife and the camera in the in hand. Um, there's some, there's a telephone pole in the background. There's a building, the building in the distance. And interestingly enough, what's weird is that we were able to cover the Walking Dead World Beyond before this episode. And now I'm starting to wonder we should continue doing it that way, World Beyond than Fear, because what's in the air circling around in the air near the sun? But was there what, a helicopter? No, but hawks. Oh, oh, okay. What, and what was the high school mascot? Hawk. Yeah, they were hawks. And, and, and what did we discover about the hawks? That they're carrion birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or wait, we call them secondary consumers. <laughs> right, secondary consumers. But still, they, if given but the yeah. opportunity, they would eat them. They would eat their own, you know, or yeah. their species. Oh, so yes, the title cards. Yeah, and that's true. Oh. Sharon says the title cards seem to be reflecting yeah. the general color, pa- the color grading of yeah. the episode. So yes, the first episode did tend to the red slash orange slash yellow. Green can also mean jealousy. Yeah, green with envy. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, man, but this episode was anything but. Holy shit! Well, I mean, think about what's going on between Dwight and Al in the beginning. I, I, I'm not going to say Dwight was jealous, but I do see him having more hope for Althea than he does himself. I mean, he he says, "I've made peace that I'm never going to find Sherry again." So I feel like he's almost pushing Al harder to find Isabel. Like, like if if she can find Isabel, then 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 I still have a chance. Like, even though he's kind of pushed it down, like he's still trying to like if she can do it, maybe I can do it type of thing. Yeah, you know? I, I was thinking that as well. But I think, yeah, the, I think there's something to that, like the idea of like maybe a karmic uh, return for him, yeah. if that's even yeah. possible. But I do, I do recognize there is something really fucking zen about Dwight. I do feel like this is a man who has written off the idea of seeing Sherry again. Like, as a matter of course, it's like, look, if I'm not, you could see that all throughout the episode. Dwight wants to follow protocol technically. He doesn't want to break the rules. He wants to keep his friends safe. You know, mm-hmm. he's also interested in like the idea of helping like almost being in service of al and there's something that we have to kind of take a moment to remember and that dwight spent so much time two two plus years in service of a shit bag not helping others although even though technically they were the saviors mm-hmm. um he felt like who the fuck was i saving and who was i in service of and i had to give my wife up you know anyway to a man who was claiming to save people and yet he just created misery wherever you went Mm-hmm. And here he is with this opportunity to help people, you know, first with the gang, obviously, but now even here, like he, he throws himself in his work. He tries to be this moral, you know, friendship support for Al, you know, does, he just throws himself into trying to help beer lady and you know, help him reconnect <laughs> with beer lady. You could see he just doesn't hold back. There's no resentment. There's no jealousy. Um, I just feel like that's like, you know what? I, I know I'm never going to find her. This is how I feel. He puts it. I know I'm never going to find her, but part of me 
wants to live through the idea that maybe you can find her, mm -hmm. you know, and you seem to be putting a lot of work into it. I, it's taken me this long, you know, <laughs> however long it's been, he's been out on the road. Yeah. And let's, so let's read it with Sharon. He says, he may have said he made peace with it, but I feel like he still hoped that, that maybe if he helped out, it would be good karma for him to find Sherry. I think he's telling himself he made peace with it. I wonder if seeing John and June separate, seeing John and June shape some of that feeling. I think he said that last year, though. He said that he made his peace with not seeing Sherry. I think him hallucinating the last year might have thrown him for a little bit of a loop, though. But I think I think he kind of resigned himself to saying, you know, I, I'm not done looking yet, but I might as well act like I may never find her since it's been so long. And I feel like the, the trail ran cold, like mm -hmm. really fast. You know, that little restaurant and finding the infinity symbol in the on the pad and everything. And I don't know. Yeah. I just I feel, feel like, like he's not going to keep looking, but he hopes to see her again, but he's not going to go out looking for her like he was. Yeah. Let her come to me, that sort of thing. Like, you know, like yeah. if I happen to find her, fine. But like at the same time, there's also, again, going back to the saviors, I think there is part of him that is resigned to the idea of... Right. You know, like th this is the life I led, you know, and I, you know, I spent a lot of time doing this. And now I've spent a lot of time, I think probably about the same time he was with the saviors that he's been looking for Sherry. It seems oh, like, man. right. Yeah. Well, you know, just, just, you know, if you lose something around your house, as soon as you stop looking for it, you find it, right? Yeah, it, tur it turns up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three years later. No, I'm kidding. Sometimes <laughs> though, sometimes you're like, that's where I put it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there, there was Sherry. She was under the couch the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. We have to get through the funeral home, okay? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed. Like, because there's there's a few things you can pick out from that from that scene. First of all, your world building a little bit too. Like, how long have these guys been out there? What is the nature of their friendship? And you realize they've made a game together. They have they have mm -hmm. they have they are in this particularly cool position of not having to be in the settlements, so they're not held to certain scrutiny. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's that goes to their nature also. Because think about the kind of person Al is, the person that kind of likes to find the truth, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's not yeah. in it. She's not going to be the hero. You know, she's not going to get involved. Ginny knows that. She's not supposed to anyway. <laughs> yeah. And Dwight was, uh, now correct me, everybody, if I'm wrong. Um, there was some bit about Dwight and Ginny and yes, he gave it to her at, at the, like near the end of season five, when he, when she was saying, Oh, I, I heard Sherry broke bread with one of my people or something like that. Right. Something <laughs> like that. Somebody, somebody we knew. Yeah. Um, and he kind of threw it back at her and said, fuck you i know the kind of person you are virgin negan um right but then also i do i feel like there is a part of her that saw him hesitate as well that, like, like believing it for a moment yeah there's still a chance it could be true i mean yeah yeah and we don't know the extent to which sherry has her mitts or they have their mitts in sherry I say this only to say that Ginny knows who she's dealing with. She's dealing with somebody that may resign himself, just like he does with Al, to service, to helping mm -hmm. others. And she's going to take advantage of that and give them... And I say this because they have, generally, they have autonomy. You know, as long as they check in, you know, they're not, they're not, they don't have their boots on their neck like they right. do the other people probably in these communities, like John, like Victor, like El uh, Alicia, yeah. or like Charlie, like Janice. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, I mean, when you see them together, they're like, they're kind of like buds having fun, making messes, you know, doing their thing. I, I kind of liked that. It was a nice break from the oppression. <laughs> Yeah. It felt like. And what, what did you think of their general camaraderie? I like those two characters together. I think they I think they fit well together. They're kind of an odd couple, but they make it work, you know? Yeah. But isn't I think it, they're funny. They're yeah, funny together. That's they the give thing. each other shit. 
<laughs> I mean, think about like the kind of character Dwight was, like constantly like stuffing his like barely any dialogue because right. he had yeah. to keep his mouth shut all the time. But now mm -hmm. you get to see this this character that we're practically inventing. Like there was no it's like seeing Morgan smile and laugh. It's <laughs> yeah. like we don't know this Morgan. We don't know him. If it's the yeah. first episode, he was just this depressing figure. Like, oh, I gotta keep my son, my son safe, and I, oh, my son's dead. Ah, clear, Morgan. You know, like there is no <laughs> happy Morgan. Now we're finding happy Morgan. And then also, <laughs> but seeing Dwight smile is just this weird thing that we're. We're taking for, I, I don't want people to take this for granted. We're seeing, I mean, you, like you said before about, we're not sure we're, we've seen an evolved Althea. And yeah. you know, maybe a little bit, but we sure as hell have seen a, an evolved Dwight. We got to see a lot of that last year, but this is like joking around. Hey bud, I'm saying I love you at the end. <sighs> right? Uh, I couldn't, I could not say that, but like the idea of, I'm um, just to say that this is something we have to appreciate is that it's yeah. not coming from nothing, right? you know, or, or no, I'm sorry. It is coming from nothing. It's, 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 it's <laughs> completely fa fabricated, which is great. There's dimensions, there's layers, right? Let me read Sharon's comment. I like them together, period. I'm glad it was a situation where we didn't have to feel pressure to have a, a romance. Oh, <laughs> Good point. But I like those but, kind of scenarios too. But I, a brother, a brother and sister. Yeah, that was really sweet. They definitely act, you know, like siblings. Yeah. With the driver's license thing, but you know, giving each other shit and still, you know, still love each other. It's pretty much yeah. what me and my brother would do. <laughs> yeah, kick each other's asses. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, but speaking of eyes and watery eyes, now, um, going back to the funeral home as a setting mm -hmm. rather than taking it for granted. Did you notice that the walkers? all had glass eyes no they, they look like they all had glass eyes really what like what did that look like they had these like, cl clear not hazy walker eyes they looked like people eyes like healthy alive human eyes yeah no i did not notice that that's yeah. crazy watch that shit again and you'd be like oh wait yeah they look like they they look like they, look like they are people with masks on but there's Why? a re there's a reason for that let's put that let's put a pin in that and let's move on and i'll tell you i'll backtrack because when we go when al goes to the basement obviously um dwight takes the second floor you see the embalming room right this is a funeral home yeah. Yeah. and then and then you know at, while al's you know busy going oh do i gotta see you isabel oh yeah what dropside baker what ground ground uh was it ground ground team was it ground 17 yeah yeah ground 17 um, the ground control yeah ground control <laughs> 17 I could, every time i started singing the song commencing <laughs> countdown baker b anyway so <laughs> she almost i mean she doesn't quite almost bite it but in walks this what we saw who's this i i love this because last week everybody was being like who's this woman who's this woman in the next episode like oh who's she gonna be like you see like the woman going mm, mm. Yeah. and then like <laughs> and everybody thought oh oh she must be important no she's dead <laughs> oh my gosh i i freaked out i freaked out i was so excited when i saw that and i'm like i mean this is i mean two things you know first we get the 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 wasp walker on world beyond and now we get yeah. the walker on fear like they will never stop surprising us like just when i think they we've seen all the kinds of walkers we can i'm i was just i was so excited I yeah was so, i loved it it's so crazy because here's the thing like like in 10 years you would think we've seen it all right 
You would think, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like live tweeting, like I'm responding because I don't really live tweet the night of. Usually, I just kind of like reply to people and like and all that stuff. But like somebody said, like, oh, dude, and that tax taxidermied or embalmed Walker, if you want to call it that. You know, I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I wrote back, I'm like, you would have thought that like in ten years we would have seen something like this already. But like, we no, no, it's it, but here we are. And you and like the reason why she couldn't open her mouth is because it was wired shut. And then she could open her mouth, and that was gross because like the gum was hanging on the wire there. It was, it was, ugh, gross. No. I, I'm picturing a scene in my head. We have been in a funeral home before, though, in general. Just We've yes. just not seen an embalmed walker. Yeah, the TWD just didn't have the stomach to go there, apparently. Right. But they were in a funeral home at another at another point, right? Uh, other than Beth and Daryl? Yes, it was Beth and Daryl. That's who it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sleeping in the casket. And mm -hmm. yeah, yes. Okay. And then being, then being taken away by that weird-ass-looking hearse for Grady Memorial. Um, it's yeah, sure. It's an ambulance. Sure. Um, it's probably from the morgue from the other hospital, but anyway, um, yeah. And Charity's saying they put gauze in their mouths to stop the fluids from uh, leaking out of the mouth and nose. Yeah. And that's the thing. So when you walk in to the embalming room place, the treatment area, let's say, let's just going to call it that. What's the first thing that you notice? Uh, in the embalming room, mm -hmm. the bleach hanging upside down. Yeah. Does that mm -hmm. not look jerry-rigged to you? Mm -hmm. Whoever was inside the funeral home mm -hmm. took the time to, first of all, maybe kill all the people that were there because the, he had time to scoop out the eyes and put them in. Because it, it looks really freaky. I, like I gotta you, go back and watch it Yeah, again. you oh. gotta. And you'd be like... Oh shit, you're right. They look all glassy like. And then when you look at this this just really well treated uh woman who mm -hmm. happened to recently die, probably sewed the mouth shut, had enough time to sew the mouth shut, embalm the guts and fluids and all that stuff and replace it with that homemade bleach container. Um it's just you can tell, like even Dwight says, what kind of psychopath would do that? So right. yeah, serial killer. Well, at first I was thinking maybe she um, was just on the on the table when the apocalypse happened. Like maybe she'd just been there embalmed this whole time. <laughs> For eight years, for how well, 10 years? Well, ten I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how long that stuff lasts. I don't I'd know if, say, if it does, or I don't know if it would break down, well, but then I'm, he I'm, said that and I'm like, okay, so some, some sick psycho embalmed a walker, like, well, and then you look at all the other walkers and you're wondering, oh gosh, how somebody, you do that? yeah, like somebody must've taken the time to murder all these people and do something before, you know, before they turned or something like that. You know, I was going to say, she would have, she would have had to been embalmed before she reanimated yes that's exactly yeah. what i'm thinking right. like like picture it this way what this guy did was they must have been let's say let's just pretend let's 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 pray pretend with dave they all all 15 <laughs> all 15 people were living there or maybe it was 16 <gasps> yeah maybe and one night after so long a time of living there one of them goes fucking because they're in a funeral home could have been goes, a team Maybe not even just one person because that you they did mention fifteen sleeping bags and Dwight says how many did we take out and Al says not not enough that's not enough so maybe it could have even been more than one person yeah right I know that cracks me up Sharon is saying it's Dakota 
like, yes. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Just don't keep your eye off that bitch. God damn it. Um, anyway. Um, but you know, the idea oh, of. Also, thank you, Sharon. She says fear is about four years into the apocalypse. So... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say about five. I'm going to say about five. I'm going to say I'm going to say okay. I'm Makusa. The reason why I say that is because I like, I enjoy the idea of Dwight having been with the saviors just as long as he's been out there. But okay. I, Two and a half for each. But then again, timelines, right? Timelines. Sharon yeah. says oh, it five and nine. Right. Tess says she'd been out there for, uh, out in the house for two years since it started. Um, literally, it literally can't be though. There's a reason why it can't be. And that's because we find Morgan two years after the apocalypse as well. Well, I think I remember talking about that episode and I think it was said that, um, uh, her time, her frame, her time frame could be off. If you've really been in your house for two years, can you trust the time? You know what I mean? Right. Like, can you, can Maybe you, it feels like two hours, two, two hours, two years, but who knows really? Right. Cause you gotta, you gotta replace that calendar with the next year's calendar. <laughs> and if you're right. diligent I mean, enough, sort, and of you're like, sort of like the princess situation, you know, she thinks she's been out there this long, but it could be way longer. Yeah. And we know for a fact that there's, it's been at least two years, um, for, for the beginning of the walking dead and, you know, even before, right. Um, till the end of all out war, which we, Morgan crosses over. And so, you know, it had to have been more than two years had to have been. So there's, and as we discovered also, like there's a, there, at least in season five or season four, there was a bit of timey wimey nonsense going on. So we could go all night on timelines. Yeah. But the, the closest, <laughs> the closest that we get to any sort of timeline is when you watch the Samara video from Althea, the Althea tapes of last year. That's the clue. Cause she actually accurately says how many days uh, it's passed since the fall. Okay. So, so if you watch that again, you'll know exactly when we are at least from that point on down right. to the well, second when, when that tape was taken anyway <laughs> yeah yeah exactly from then on yeah but from then on we just have no idea it's mm -hmm. been what three months two and a half months let's say yeah, yeah. so from that point maybe yeah so, so i thought it was kind of funny the the beer that dwight finds mm -hmm. is um not a real beer of course not no like smeet no. but it's called <laughs> right but it's called fueler beer f-u-e-l like fuel fueler oh, yeah. beer. is that like yep. it's like the fuhrer is like <laughs> Maybe, maybe, but um, I wanted to look it up and just see if it was um, if it meant anything at all. Uh -huh. And uh, I actually found, looked, found um, the the Sierra Nevada Brewing Company uh, actually figured out a way to turn over its leftover beer into fuel. Yeah. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. It, it did look like one of those like. Um... This is like one of my favorite beers, the white Belgian Belgian wheat top fuel. Yeah, Charity. I also found the the top fuel beer too, but uh, um, yeah, but it wasn't quite the same. So not fueler beer. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Ho Garden. It looked like the Ho Garden font. I don't know if you ever okay. had it. Yeah. Okay. No. But anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of cool though. And and you know what does what is Ginny all about? Fuel. You know the major asset. <laughs> Yeah, and it probably tasted like fuel too. <laughs> yeah, probably. I just like that Althea was able to take, you know, to guzzle down that beer better than Dwight. <laughs> Something about Althea being Ugh. way way tougher than Dwight. <laughs> right. She's oh, been I all that, over. I love that he, he brings up the pretzels too, right? It'd be better with pretzels, Sherry always says. Yeah, exactly. Oh, just the recurring theme of pretzels. And then also German beer, maybe. <laughs> pretzels, German <laughs> beer. Fuel that beer. Eat it with pretzels. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what, what else are you going to do? <laughs> it's the apocalypse. 
how cool was the opening scene when they're when they're outside the building or when they're about to approach the building the first thing you see is something we saw in the teasers actually initially remember we were talking about oh it looks like his bony legs are sticking up what's that all about and then all all of a sudden he switches to another view and then you you see the foot stomp (laughs) what we find out is mark smith's head (laughs) yeah yeah uh cool and also like did you notice that there was like a a noticeable kind of weird squishiness to it like when dwight kind of no i didn't look to i'm sure it's whatever the whatever the prop material is oh but like (laughs) like he stepped on it and then he stepped on it some more there was that like little bit more give (laughs) got it i got just kudos it just felt really gross like (laughs) but yeah you find out that like not only was was mark shot on the roof he fell off (laughs) and uh well i don't know why i'm laughing very serious (laughs) it's very serious <laughs> yeah, Sharon D says, uh, Dennis said he wouldn't dirty his boots like that. I agree, by the way. That, I was thinking that. I'm like, really? Really, Dwight? You're going to walk around filthy like that? Yeah. What you, I mean, were you born in a barn? It, it clearly wasn't a threat. You yeah. could have used a different weapon. You didn't have, yeah, you didn't have to dirty your boots up. <laughs> I'm just surprised. You look, I'm surprised that the walker actually kind of survived the fall, too. Just thinking about it, like, oh, God, can you imagine? Could you imagine if, like, Mark kind of survived the fall in a weird Ooh. way? Oh, God, and he died with his legs all broken like that? I don't think you're going to survive a 30-story fall. <gasps> oh, I've heard stories. You know, like those people who... That would be terrible. Who, who like, skydive and then survive, but, like, it would have been yeah. better if they died. or maybe not i know some people like survive and then survive and like thrive and it's just this weird really free weird freaky thing (laughs) where like you know the chute doesn't open or the chute goes out and you know they think there's some break in the fall but the chute doesn't work and rips away from them and they bounce when they hit the earth (laughs) it's like that with these weird stories god because i mean like but also kind of reminds me a little bit of, of jim like how he jumped off the roof of the hospital Mm. Just to hit the hit the alarm on the mm-hmm. car below. I don't know some little callbacks like that. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, that's it's funny. Mark's license expired nine twenty four twenty sixteen. Oh, you saw the six, Sharon? I have a question mark there because I I Althea's thumb was covering it. Oh, you know, it might have been in a later frame when she gave it to uh, oh, when Nora. she handed it to Nora. Yeah, and I believe yeah. it, I believe it, it. He got it in nine twenty four two thousand eight. If I'm not mistaken, is that right? Oh, it's a twenty year license. Oh, wow, twenty year license. License? Holy crap. Also oh, 2006. You know, I did see the a reference to, okay, so remember when Nora was talking about the ho- the holiday party in 2008? Mm, yeah. Okay. Again, an interesting thing that's going on here that coincides with our Walking Dead World world Beyond. What year is the yearbook that Iris is eyeballing the whole time in that last episode? Is it a 2008? It's a 2008 yearbook. Is it? Is it? I, I didn't see a year on it. Yeah. Oh, it's in the spine and she's ho- when she's holding it just before they start, they start fucking uh. off on all these different places she's holding it like she's and you can see the 2002 okay it's kind of cool there's a little i like how there's a, these little parallels which makes so me wonder the apocalypse happened in 2008 no because i mean the yearbooks come out um just after like right isn't it just after they graduate or something like that or maybe just before they graduate um yeah yearbooks are usually towards the end of the school year because you want to have everything that happened in that year in it yeah exactly so usually right before graduation 
I, I'm going to venture or, or the end of the year anyway. Yeah. Everybody- <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like it maybe, yeah, maybe it was 2008, but I wonder. Yeah. I, but you know, it seems to me that like the holiday party would have been a little bit like way before when the fall happened, but I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is 28, 2008. Like obviously they go to the building because Dwight eggs Althea on says, Hey fucker. I would have, I would hope that if, if there was a chance of me finding Sherry, you would fight me, you know, but something just before that Al mentions like this weird thing. Like, you know, it, it's kind of like the sad irony that she's cataloging the dead when she when before she was cataloging the living you know pe- getting getting I made the same note. <laughs> getting the survivor accounts well when nora delivers her line i wrote how ironic that she's saying this to al because al is the one who captures life her whole you know reason for being in the beginning when we met her was to capture these stories and spread the message of life and now here she is collecting the dead yeah yeah and so, recording the dead right and it comes it comes back you know that that's what like she's even saying oh yeah that must be so sad. <laughs> so that, that, that's yeah. what your life is right now. I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit because it, it, there is this weird torture that Ginny is kind of like, yes, she has full autonomy with Dwight out in the wild, you know, same as like a freelance journalist, you know, like going out everywhere, just doing her own thing, taking the jobs she wants. But like, it's the torture of cataloging the dead rather than the living. It, it, it really does make me think about like how clever Jenny is, like how much she knows this is exactly the thing she wouldn't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something really clever about that. I mean, she does give her Dwight to entertain her, but at the same time. Mm-hmm. Clever or malicious? No, no. <laughs> clever and mo- and malicious. And yeah. malicious. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's something that's going to keep coming back every now and again, because we see that these people are specifically put in circumstances, like throwing Strand and Alicia off balance by bringing in Dan- a, a brain dead Daniel. And, like, right. A forgetful Daniel and seeing that, oh, I've got him wrapped around my little finger. You know, it's, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that he could cut hair, he'd be he'd be in the ground, you know, he'd be Walker chum right. or cadaver chum. <laughs> right. I know. I don't want to give Ginny all the credit, but I think she's smarter than I than I am giving her credit for. I wanted I just wanted her to be this, you know, pompous, cocky, shoot from the hip kind of leader that thinks she knows what she's doing but really doesn't but it's not that's not how it's shaping up <laughs> right there is something <laughs> twisted about the way she's forming her community yeah do you know what i mean it's like this could be so much better and yet it seems like this is a lot of work i wonder yeah. why though and this might go to maybe what we eventually find out is the sympathetic part michonne with scars like we find out eventually that the goodwill does run out in in some weird way like when she when she takes in jocelyn and the kids and she ventures out out and blah 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 and this is an old friend that she was supposed to trust maybe something similar with Ginny where there's somewhere along the line somebody hurt her or maybe Georgie hurt her because we, we are talking about the keys and the next episode is the key and I wonder if that ties in somehow with that idea of Georgie Pamela mm. Milton uh, the Commonwealth something and we what we do know is that the Commonwealth and Virginia's thing is not the same thing again no. I have to reiterate that no this is something Gimple specifically said these are two different things not connected I, th- I think the Commonwealth is going to be even separate from the Civic Republic oh, I absolutely even, yeah, I don't even think they're affiliated with them either the uniform the uniforms couldn't have made it more clear by the right <laughs> right they, right these people want to be seen these people if you see them you're dead that's you know <laughs> i mean yeah 
But that's the reason why, and this is why I got so caught up with the idea of Georgie and whether she is with the Commonwealth or not with the Commonwealth, because I still have, I'm still stuck on this idea that the idea of a key or the key, it can't be coincidence, which right. again, if it is a coincidence, that's fucking crazy. But if it's not <laughs> a coincidence, then okay, then there is maybe more of a tenuous thread to Georgie and the Commonwealth than I think there is. And again, when Maggie shows up, she's not with them. Right. This, the, see, I said that just now. Now, way cleaner than I did on episode 1016, like episode 101. So, I was like fumbling. I was like trying to put the threads together to kind of like express why it was so difficult for me to believe this or the other. I did it in three seconds. <laughs> you had your thoughts together this time. Yeah, yeah. It was it was seeing all these things together and having the additional idea of Virginia. And that, that was yeah. the third piece of the puzzle that I should have like included. Missing, yep, yep. Missing but piece it, puts it all together. Yeah. Or at least puts them all apart so that gives me doubts of (laughs) whether they do connect right so but i like it because it's that it's that gratifying moment when we finally get that middle piece you know and it's like flip oh it's nothing like i ever thought it was like you thought it was a dinosaur holding a baby in its mouth no no it's jesus holding uh, (laughs) all the children in his arms i don't know why why did i go there i have no idea we talked about a p-rex before the show went on yeah. These are things that kind of come in when we're talking about things. Um, <laughs> so, so we get to the building and we notice right away that the um, there is a huge cage at the bottom of the stairwell. Oh, and just before, well, before at, that, at, that is when Al and Dwight see the spray paint. The end is the beginning. Right. Again, we see this, right? Mm-hmm. I love it's, Al's comment too. Yeah, the world goes to shit and everybody's a philosopher. Exactly. <laughs> Which, which is what I thought when I saw it the first time in the first episode at, at the at the end or sort of the beginning and then at the end again. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then you see the ominous nuclear submarine and then now you're seeing plague infested rats. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get this out of the way now because I'm seeing a pattern here. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Uh, maybe after you lay it out for me. <laughs> the key what some people say goes to the submarine. Yeah. Okay. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Could be for the nuclear warheads that are on the submarine, a plague infested rats or bubonic plague to be specific, Mm -hmm. which credit to Jessica, Jessica T. Cos or Jessica TNY, um, our cosplayer friend says, you know, technically the the bubonic plague was from the fleas, which bit the rats, which et cetera, et cetera. People and then, or handling an infected dead animal. Yeah. And we're talking about pestilence right mm-hmm. and then we're talking about like the four horsemen i get images of the four horsemen and nuclear apocalypse and i'm thinking to myself oh this is a death cult Ooh. these are people who want to hasten the end you look at the people who the psychopath killer that killed all those people in the in the funeral home and then okay. I, and then i wonder because the rats uh made it all the way to dwight's sleeping bag ahead of them going to the building so they must have done this in more than one spot right where do we know where they were when dwight says he found the rat where was he when that happened do we have any reference where he was i'm not 100 percent certain but we know it was two days beforehand and you know they have autonomy so they don't really ha- stay in one place and they kind of so move around yeah, yeah and, and they're in the general vicinity so i mean maybe sharon D has an answer for this but i don't know but like the general idea is that like these people are going around saying the end is the beginning and then leaving the mark of these are people who want to hasten the end i think in my opinion so far I can see that. and again why fight it just everybody die <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah. The harbingers of doom. Like, why bother? You know, like they probably see all these people around them going, you know, oh, trying to rebuild. And then you see, yeah, why not be the whisperers in the end? (laughs) I don't, I mean, yeah. I mean, and you see this every now and again, like, you know, some some of these people who want to hasten things. And, and I'm wondering, I think it's the same people that wear the mannequin masks. I'm getting that feeling, that that vibe. I, I am too. I am too. And let's further the point. I don't know. I don't want to tie this thread, but I wonder if Sharon, if if not Sharon D. God, I almost called Dakota Sharon D. (laughs) I wonder if Dakota, I wonder if Dakota is with these people. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you mentioned last time, I was more of the how, but you were like, who wants to rule the the settlements, Virginia settlements? Like, why would Dakota want to do that? And I said, I think the want is there. It's just the how. These guys are the how. Okay. Maybe. 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 Because we do see them invade these settlements. Do you remember the teaser where Dwight pulls back the curtain and he sees the mannequin mask person uh, in the window? The, the thing, the, the, like outside a window? Yeah, your reaction was okay, specifically, yeah, fuck that! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't get yeah. that out of my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they do invade these settlements, or, or at least Dwight and Sherry, or maybe just Dwight, I'm not sure. Which also makes me wonder what Sherry's been up to all this time, because... Oh, definitely. (laughs) Because if she's lost Dwight, it may be one of those things where it's possible that she's running with these guys. It's possible she put those rats in that building. Yep. Which may throw... Now, this is a very interesting point of view right in the middle, because with Dwight coming back, it's an interesting opportunity for Sherry to kind of now flip-flop back and forth and see that struggle. Like, Mm -hmm. does she continue being a part of this death cult? Or does she have a life with with Dwight? Or does does she try to indoctrinate him into this sort of death cult? Oh, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. And you're reading what Sharon D says, right? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. She found uh, her she found herself another Negan. Ooh. Maybe. Well, and it it makes sense why she would if she put those rats in the building and then saw someone shoot a flare off on top, it would make mm-hmm. sense why she'd be checking in with them too, right? To make sure that they are dead. Well, yeah, to make sure they don't get out or give them false hope that someone's going to come and rescue them and then somehow kill them anyway. This is kind of like something that I want to come back to, because why choose that specific scene from Morgan in the beginning? And that specific quote, maybe you've changed, but you'll still be the man they knew. I feel Mm -hmm. like this this may apply to Sherry as well. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And also Isabel, by the way. Could definitely apply to all of them, you know? Like, maybe it would have been better to just leave the past. The past is dead. Oh, mm-hmm. it's starting to make a little bit more sense now. Maybe the past is dead. Maybe it's better to leave the past in the past. Mm-hmm. Because Dwight meeting Sherry, and this is something, what's, what's interesting is that Dwight is ready to be okay with Sherry never, having never seen Sherry again. You could feel it. You could see it. Like, there is no hesitation there. He's like, oh, I just, you know what? That's, I've, I've resolved myself to knowing that I'm never going to see her again, which allows me to be so giving, which allows me to be so helpful and, and hopeful for you. You have to wonder what Sherry's been up to all this all this time. You have to wonder when the idea of possibly meeting Isabel again for Al, what do, what are you expecting? You know this protocol. You know that there's a huge possibility that not only will she gun you down, but all these people in this building because of you. Huh, yeah. yeah. So which makes me wonder like wouldn't it, wouldn't it be better off, right? Because there's a lot of this theme repeating. I was a little taken back when um, Al, you know, when she realizes that the, these people are suffering from, suffering from the bubonic plague and she's like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here, get upstairs. And, and she, I mean, she's like, she's like, Jenny's not going to help him. It, we've, this is a lost cause. Let's go. We got to get out of here. And, and, and it's just like that. Like, that's that. It would have been better for her to say exactly what you said when you first saw those mannequin masks. Fuck that, Dwight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> 
that, that when you're like, Ugh. <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> to, the, to the bubonic plague, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that is pretty much what she said. That yeah, she's like, fuck this. Let's get out of here. We gotta go now. The part of Al will be played by Rachel Burt. <laughs> and action. <laughs> Dwight, fuck that. <laughs> Let's go. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> what are you, stupid idiot? <laughs> Let's go. Anyway. Um, <laughs> we, we had our fun, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, bring out your dead. Bubonic plague. Nice, Sharon. Right. Yeah, and so, and also, Sharon D says maybe the death cult just used the same reasoning as the CRM. They could be a threat again. Mm. Yeah, it, same this mirror logic where Sherry's just making sure that they're dead. <laughs> Isabel's making sure she's never found. Yeah, um, I think um, having heard from Isabel this episode, I think we can pretty much confirm that Elizabeth Kublik was not looking for her at Campus Colony. I'm still not sure. I, I, I mean, if she's in, maybe she wasn't looking for her, and she's and she's reporting into somebody. So, so these people know where Isabel is. If Elizabeth's looking for her, it's not going to be that hard to track her down. Well, again, we're talking about timelines, though, because let's just use the round number. Let's just let's just use the round number of five years, right, for Fear the Walking Dead, just because it's a round. Yeah, Sherry. I said Sherry. Sherry just yeah points that out for me. Exactly the same. I forget so, that. So Sharon D says, but that's six years from now, or five, or right. five, or five or, or six. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm gonna fight people to the death about timelines. No, get the fuck out of here. Um, but but um, there's no point. There's really no point. But let's just put that number in there. And you know, maybe maybe at some point, maybe in this season of Fear of the Walking Dead, she goes AWOL. But she says to the kids that you know, Kublik says to the kids that that she's part of the CRM doing the work. Blah blah blah. Maybe she's just saying that to say that. But maybe she is actually AWOL. We don't know. That's fine. Who cares? But the idea is. It, there's no way to really tell. And I like it. I like that it's anybody's game on this one. I, I still think she was talking about uh, Iris, but that's just one girl's opinion. Oh, but you're talking about the end. I'm talking about what she says about Isabel uh, okay. to the girls, you know, like, yeah. or possibly Isabel. We're assuming a lot. Again, couldn't, yeah, we are. doesn't have to do with her at all. <laughs> she could be completely lying and not yeah. have a daughter, period. You can see an army person that's that devoted to being the sure. light and hope of the of the humanity. And yeah, yeah, just right. lie. The whole fake daughter. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I even said that. She might not even exist. Exactly. Now, Sharon, asked a very interesting question. We can go into it now. That's fine. Uh, do you think Isabel recognized Al's voice? Yes, I do. I do not. I do. I do not. Fight me. <laughs> 100%. And that's what she going to offer beer to? Um, Specifically. If it were anybody else, she could have said, you know, there are supplies in the crates. Take what you need. She said, leave what you don't. There's beer in the crates. Mm. And they did have beer, didn't they? Yeah. And she snapped at her. Cold she beer. Said, I told you. She said, she snapped at her when I said, I told you stay off this this channel. She doesn't want Al getting in trouble. Yeah. She knows her. She knows. And Al knows, you think? Oh, for sure. Well, I think so. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. It's funny how the captions read Isabel, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It, it doesn't say woman. It should have said Isabel. It should have said woman. That would have been it way more effective. Yeah. For me. It really because it was so tense. Who does captions? Is somebody who's is getting it, somebody who's getting fired? Or is it a random person, or do they work for who? Like no, who is this? 
they definitely Maybe they <laughs> no they definitely work for you know who they they do the work um okay. with, with the right. show it's not like, it's not like amc me down and trying to figure out what they're saying because they also have to get the names of the people you know the, the who's mm-hmm. of who's like, talking like dr lila <laughs> that name mm-hmm. was on screen too before we heard her name out loud did we even hear her name out loud? No, no, we don't. We heard it. We saw it from the captions. Yep. Some, some, look, many people are getting fired. <laughs> God, it's a blood. Well, it's a bloodbath at AMC. <laughs> That uh, the article that I shared, though, that also includes her name. Her name's in that too. Wait, because because the captions. Because of the captions, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Again, listen, people are getting fired left and right. The second time her voice broke a little bit, like she was almost going to cry. You mean Isabel? Her voice cracked. I didn't hear any of that. I didn't hear anything. That's the thing. I, I was I was so convinced that it wasn't that Isabel did not know who she was. But what? But let's let's let Dave admit <laughs> that what you're saying about the cold beer makes mm-hmm. complete sense because i completely forgotten about that from the episode the end of everything mm-hmm. they crack open this cold not skunk beer right so that that does leave an indelible mark and, well, I, and they i'm keep reminding you of that because dwight calls her the beer lady you know yeah. so that that's in our mind the whole time to remind and, us and, you know and and now you're now you're completing the circle because i do i did not remember why i did had no idea why dwight insisted why on calling the her lady. the beer lady yeah <laughs> Yeah. And now I know. Now I know. Thank you. I, think I completely Isabel, forgot. I think Isabel was concentrating on keeping her voice nice and calm and collected because she was thinking the same thing I was. Ground control was listening in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Which copy ground were. control? Yeah. Exactly. Yes, we do. Or ground 17. <laughs> Isn't that ground? They call She's ground 17. She's yeah, ground like, 17. They're yeah. ground control. You could still amend your. Oh, ah. you see the Nah, it's fine. I, it's fine. I can be an idiot sometimes. It's fine. Stupid. It's gonna be extra funny when the video comes out, though, and you're like, "No, she has no idea." I'm gonna laugh so hard. I said, "She's no, I don't think she knows." Fuck yourself, everybody. Go die. Go jump off a building like Mark Smith. Go join you, Mark. Now you can add this part to the video if you want. To. It's yeah, a lot of work. And then at the end, show him throw a fit about Joel, being wrong. Joel, the fucking building, bitches. <laughs> I don't mean. care. You go, go to hell. <laughs> Shut up. It's Shut fine. Up. I don't care if I'm wrong. Go to hell. <laughs> I'm done. I'm in trouble. Love it. It's just Love goes it. To how funny the show is sometimes. Yeah. No, but let's just say, I mean, look, the fact that I even felt that way is a sign of how powerful that scene is how the thing that i noticed the most because isabel plays it hard you know just hard she doesn't crack in my opinion she doesn't crack one fucking bit the uh, the concept of the beer of offering al the beer that is the tell but everything about isabel's voice is straight no tells no gives al on the other hand you feel the struggle <laughs> of her trying to tell her um, you're the prettiest thing I've seen since the end of everything. You could feel it. I just felt like she was going to say something like that. And she didn't. And the fact that she could make me feel like she was just about to say something that would give her away. That was, I'm, I think I hurt myself just now. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> It just it hurt. It hurt just watching her have to force herself not to give anything away because she was about to. And it's the difference between these two complimenting each other, too. Alan Isabel. Oh, yeah. And of all the states. You know, I wish they ran across in Indiana, but maybe they did that on purpose. Sharon D says, I'm Isabel from Indiana. And you're the prettiest thing I've seen since the end of everything. 
Um, oh, in the context in the context of all the states, she should have told her where she was from. No, that's the thing. But that's the thing. Any any bit of info, any bit of info would have been a tell, you know. And Al is having a hard time not giving herself away, you know. And it's the it. it but I, that's the thing I love about this character so much. When you meet her, she is a just a secret vault. Of, she is a tank within a bank vault. That she is Swati. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But the one thing that gets her to drop all her armor has been, and this is consistent, when she can't help but mention the helicopter in front of Ginny. Mm -hmm. When she can't help but tell, uh, who was it from last year that she told about Isabel? Was it Alicia? Was it uh, who, No, it was June. She tells, uh, she tells she, June. About, yeah. yeah. Yep. And she, she can't help herself. She doesn't share anything. She shares her own name. She's so spacey. You know, Althea Sechek Prigaki. I mean, seriously. Yeah. It's the only thing that gets her to drop everything. Just spill the fucking beans. You know, otherwise, she is a tight-laced, tight-lipped, joke-cracking, wise-cracking, fuck-yourself kind of person. And I love it. This is why I, this is again, let's go back to why I think I like her the best. Yeah, outside of Morgan, outside of Morgan. That's why she's my favorite character. There's something about people that are so tightly consistent. And let me say something else. I know I'm going on a rant in a tirade, but I did not like her character in Lost. <laughs> at all but like seeing her what do she, this what was that beginning beginning of last yeah where yeah was she? She, she gets pretty quickly but oh, okay. fairly, i only watched like the first ones i don't remember her she hangs on for quite a while though i have to admit but anyway just comparing that to this this is just i love it i love like how she can she, like night and day the kind of character she is and yeah she gets killed in season two mm. shannon. shannon from that okay yeah shannon that's right so <laughs> yes tirade over <laughs> <laughs> you see the people are exiting the building you know people are leaving the building they're trying to find a place to go if you hadn't paid attention you would have no you wouldn't have noticed the fact that they're leaving finally after all these years and i think there's something crazy about that like their convoy may end up growing pretty big by the end of the season if they survive this season Okay, let me ask you why you think Al doesn't end up going with Isabel or it doesn't end up giving herself up and which ends up being the correct thing to do well, in my opinion. In my opinion, I, but let me hear what I, you have to say. I totally agree. I totally agree. The whole time they were talking about her flying off with Isabel in the helicopter and I'm like, "What freaking fantasy land are you living in? That is never going to happen ever. Even if Isabel did recognize you. What the hell do you think you're going to you're just going to get in a helicopter and fly where? Where the hell are you going to go? No, that was never going to happen ever. So I don't know what sort of fantasy island they were building up in their mind. <laughs> the cockamamie story. <laughs> it was never going to happen. I was and, seriously and I screaming almost, that. Yeah, I was almost a little bit perturbed Annoyed. with Dwight because he kept, he kept enabling this <laughs> fantasy like have a beer for me when you get there. Like, no, she's not going anywhere. It's Although that was, <laughs> oh, that was kind of sweet though. It like, was very sweet. outside of the cockamaminess yeah. of it because it's, only, it it's the only way that makes sense. Happen. It wasn't going to happen. Now yeah. I don't know if, if Al finally came to her senses and realized that 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 her and Isabel are not going to be able to fly away someplace and be safe anywhere. You know. Mm like hijack a helicopter and they're not going to find you oh okay you know but you know at the end it's like I, 
you know, she, I think she does ultimately choose Dwight over Isabel. Right. The idea of her brother, the brother that yeah. she could have, she could have yeah. been there for. I think she sees Dwight as sort of a second chance to make up for lost time with her brother. Right. Right. Cause yeah. I mean, one of the biggest regrets of, uh, how her brother died, she was too busy getting the story. If I'm not mistaken, she was too busy getting the story of the military and the national guard going at it together. Mm hmm. And then meanwhile, she's on the other end of a walkie or a phone or whatever, and like hearing her brother's last words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she like chose the story. Or, yeah, I can see the scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she chooses in this moment to not do that. We've seen Al do this before when she goes after the tapes and they go on a wild goose chase and they, they drink the tainted water that's in Swati and they get they both get sick and Swati runs out of gas. And like all of this was to just get the tapes. This, by the way, which is another Coleman Domingo um, directed episode, that episode that I'm speaking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Interesting, huh? And yeah. so it's from season four. Yeah, season four. Interesting how that gets a, gets a return. So, um, <laughs> and we've seen it before when the, the tapes of the bog spill out and he goes, fuck you, how'd you get into there? Oh, no, no, it broke open because the swap band almost flipped over. All these different things. And like, and we've seen her be this driven character for the sake of the story, for the sake of the truth, rather than for sense and survival. And here we have this one opportunity, the one time she just pulls back from her for from her um i don't even say ambition like she pulls back from her like a lemming or a or a moth to the flame where she pulls back finally she says no i'm mm -hmm. not going to sacrifice my brother my brother dwight for the yeah. sake of this thing that by the way i mean i know it's irresistible it's like oh one of these opportunities are ever going to come come around again there is a point yeah. to it there is something to this idea but if you think things through what's it worth yeah. Yeah. is it worth is it worth losing your brother is it worth possibly getting everybody killed in that building is it worth po possibly getting you killed because you know that you can't be with her yeah you know you can't be with her yeah oh now, is sharon I saying they were also looking for cipro in that in the episode you were just referring to uh, as well i mean they were they needed it in this episode the fact that there's a little bit of that going on too is kind of interesting mm -hmm. as well both a coleman domingo episode where they needed antibiotics um Oh, 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 that's okay. right. No, no, Sharon, he's right. It is. She, she does mention Cipro directly. It's the second time they freaking needed that. <sighs> and then she calls she Quinn calls Cipro. Quinn. <laughs> so the, going back to that point, we do kind of get a weird return. Kind of like the way Logan gets this weird second chance last year. If you remember, Logan had the exact same scenario as last year. Oh, sorry. The thing that made him leave Clayton in the first place was this idea of helping people and then not making it in time to help this one woman at the same truck stop as last time. And it happens to be Janice this time. And somebody was there to actually help. And here we have Al in somewhat of a similar scenario where there is a helicopter in the air um, and she's getting the last words from her brother again like instead of her blood brother dwight yeah and yeah and in this moment she chooses not to go after the story or her story and instead chooses her brother and had she not so many things would not have happened she wouldn't she, odds are she would not she would have died okay let's just throw that out there already the zipper would sure. be gone the zipper in the drop uh drop package would be gone oh. those people would not have lived and had she not shot the flare to warn them to not land the helicopter 
helicopter, Sherry wouldn't have seen it. Yep. And, she, and Dwight would have possibly never have seen Sherry ever again. So it, it, it's this weird circle turns. And, and, you know, if Al would have made the wrong decision, everybody would have suffered. Like, unbeknownst to her. And like, <laughs> yeah. But everybody would have suffered, probably including her. She would have been thrown off the building. God, <laughs> and, and, and making her have to do it, too. Making Isabel have to do it. Well, she's assuming that Isabel's alone in that helicopter. Like, I wouldn't assume that. No, I would not I, think that she was alone. And I, I wrote it down. Like, no, they travel in pairs. They don't, they don't fly alone. She was with right. a partner last time. Right. The partner yeah. died, but... Yeah, but still. But she was with someone, so she. I would expect her to be with someone this time, too. And what the hell is she doing up there with the this giant spotlight on? I'm like, I kept yelling. I'm like, Al, turn your damn light off. What are you doing? And then she's just sitting, like, out in the open. Like, I would have been hiding behind something. If, if I really was going to be waiting for a helicopter, I would be hiding. Oh, no, no. She wants her to see her. I, I would you know be hiding. It. I know, but again, this goes back to Isabel having a partner in the helicopter with her. Like, even if Isabel couldn't kill Al, the partner would, without hesitation. Yep, all, all this time, she wants to be seen, though. She wants to be seen so they can run away together. She would have killed the partner. And, but you're right, maybe that would have been a better strategy. But then again, I don't think she was thinking. Again, this goes back to the nature yeah. of Al. She just, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I like it because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like this weird, you know, Achilles heel, fatal flaw of a character who is very, very capable and anchored, anchored to her past. She's like a, again, like this stalwart character that does not change. And you're talking <laughs> about like somebody who does not change past mm -hmm. or present is the same person. Which again, like this goes to the nature of this, these, these evolving characters. Remember what you said in the beginning where you felt like Al wasn't getting um, the big evolution. Yeah. But, but like now that we're really talking about this, this yeah. is kind of huge for her. It, it is. She had a bit of a transformation just in comparison to the first two episodes, not quite as grand, I would, I would say, but she well, did doesn't, go through it. Doesn't, it. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem as grand on the surface, but when you really, I mean, no, and maybe I'll even admit it's not as grand as the other characters, but only in as much as that we've never really seen anything of an evolution from Al. That you get a little bits here and there, but when she relents yeah. and finally decides to give up on the Swati, and but like even still, she still is that person. It, even by the end of season four, it, there's a part of her that wants to revisit the people she's interviewed again, but that doesn't really change who she is. Essentially, right. one of the big things I said about the Swans is her finally putting down the character and being a human. And this is maybe the first step in her doing that. Swan Song Theory, by the way, is something I've mentioned before, is that, is that Al is the sole survivor of the Fear of the Walking Dead universe. I don't stick by it, but I think there's a poetry in that she's the most, the person who has not changed the most. And yet the irony would be that watching her friends heroically give their lives to a greater cause, helping people out, this, that, the other thing, and then losing their lives in the process of would entirely her to finally put the camera down and be a part of a greater story. And I 100% disagree. I think it'll be Alicia. <laughs> yeah, I, I look, I would want it to be an OG, honestly. Yeah. But, you know, eh, you know. I just think Alicia well, has what it takes. I think she's capable well, of making it. I think she can do it. I, I think, I don't think it's about that in the end with Fear. Fear is this funny show where you go, my friend Matt is actually liking Fear of the Walking Dead, by the way. I turned him on to it. This is a guy that, like, doesn't like anything. Doesn't like The Walking Dead. Gave up on it. It's like, <laughs> it's like he, he even, I, he texted me earlier today. He said, why do I like Fear of the Walking Dead so much? <laughs> Because he, he's still in the earlier seasons. And I said, oh, because you like, it's like more gritty, more grounded, more anchored into like a reality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Um, but let me let me read what Charity's saying. Um, oh my god, I was screaming that too. It bothered me the entire scene, like the scene with you know, why is your light on? Yeah. yeah. Um, if Alaska equals the unattainable, the unattainable license, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. also the unattainable Al. Uh, Al gives up her Alaska so Dwight can find his, mm-hmm. and literally gives up her Alaska to the woman whose name I can't remember. Al literally gives up the Alaska license to Nora. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it seems kind of minor, doesn't it? <laughs> like that sac <laughs> that sacrifice to lose the game. Well, and yeah, and especially but- after the conversation they had about how ludicrous it is to be playing that game in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, yeah, it maybe is. It, maybe it is that tiny little foreshadowing that like maybe this is not how you want to be remembered and I, I think i don't know i wish they would actually have said or brought out the idea or she had said to dwight also the possibility of her having to possibly kill me is not something i want to have to put her through do you yeah. know what i mean like i didn't stop to think about what it would be like to have her to put her in a position where she'd kill the only person she felt alive with yeah you know yeah that's a maybe a missed opportunity, but also maybe one of those things where that might have been a little bit too much of a concept. To, but like that's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we do this, so we can bring out the idea. Yeah, it's all it's all fine and good when you don't think about what. Like you're thinking about the consequences to your people, to yourself, to the people around you in the immediate vicinity, but not just that, but your, the people back home. Like Ginny is another threat, right? If mm-hmm. she runs off. But then if, when you're really, really not thinking, you're not thinking about what you might have, what you, what your dumb headed actions, you may have, have it all figured out for yourself. Oh, the dead body here. We'll put a camera next to it. Chick, chack. We're great. Yeah. Okay. But did you think about the people in this building? These people who have survived in this building for years. Did you think about what it would be like for Al to have to put you down? What it must be like? for her to put you down that you'd be yeah. doing that to her it's just something to really really think about because in the in the in the pursuit of all this there are some people that say oh she should have done it anyway or oh it would have been great if they could get re- reunited but then i'm like no it, unless there's a means to be able to do that and the, you know what the sad part is unless isabel goes awol somehow we see the crm in the world of the walking dead world beyond that's like five or six years later yeah they still they carry on so so then they've been around for a long time and I'm sure have only gotten stronger. Yeah. And so what does that mean for Isabel? Right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Who knows? It's not, it's, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I don't, this show, these shows don't give me that much hope to go on. <laughs> um, and so Sharon D says, maybe she's like her mother and is getting tired of killing people. Maybe. And so for to further the point, you know, can you imagine maybe having to put down people she she's cared about along the way, her partners, maybe things when they mess up, she has to put them down. Oh, I, actually, that's exactly what happened, isn't it? Wasn't her partner thinking of this place where to where that he was going to go away when this was all over, like a retreat of some kind, and then she had to put her own partner down? Oh, I don't know. In the episode from season five, yeah, Sharon D's agreeing with me. She had to put down her own partner in that episode because of he was thinking of like jumping ship and had this place all set up all nicey nice. Oh yeah, okay, so yeah, he was going to leave after he got freaked out by the nuclear walkers, and that's why you see him dead yes. in that scene because Isabel had just put him down. That was her friend. So something to so think much about. You knew a lot longer. Longer than two days, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Specifically, she uh, said she had to take him out because he was carrying maps. Yeah, and which is which they end up finding the the coded maps with the shade square oh, that yes. we're talking okay. about. Yep. Yep. 
Ah, we got some meat. We got some meat in this episode. Like, yeah, if they oh, would connected... him because he has the maps, but then doesn't go get the maps off his body because Al yeah, finds them. Yeah, because yeah, she, you know, you have to kind of be stealthy, right? But then she <laughs> finds Al. Oh boy, does she find Al? I really just had kind of more of a question, or wanted to know your opinion. So the the plague walkers that we see um, on the floor that they're not living in, right? They make it down a level, and then Nora and Al and Dwight are are taking them all out. So Nora, but they, tells them, but they were living in. Right, they were living there. And and then they had to to, to move. So to Nora haul tells, ass. <laughs> haul what? I don't haul what? <laughs> I don't understand the term, Dave. I don't. We need to speak clearly. I don't understand. Yeah, this is a serious <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nora, Nora tells us that they've been in there the whole time, right? They've, as far as we know, no one stepped out foot outside the building. So all of these plague walkers, um, <laughs> so all of these plague walkers, they they died from the plague, mm. right? No no bites. Nobody was bitten. So these people all died and then turned. So these people were infected with the virus right from the beginning of the apocalypse. Uh, well, they didn't get the plague. That's the thing that really. No, I mean the, makes... the zombie virus. You know, it goes to Rick's point that we're all we're all infected. When we die, we turn, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether we get bit or not, and these these people are further proof of that. They didn't step foot outside, and they oh, still okay, died. Yeah, and then turned into yeah. walkers. Is there a question there? <laughs> Um, was there a question? Yeah, because you said there was a question. <laughs> I guess I guess I just wanted to know your opinion. Do you do you, I mean, do you think that they got some of them were bit and that's how they turned, or do you think they died from the plague and then turned? I mean, there's a there's a bigger question here too, right? Like if they were if they got the plague, no, because I don't think they got the plague that night. When, well, no, when, no, 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 because they only got it recently. Yeah. Um, but like the the bigger question you could ask is why did they look so gross in such a short period of time, right? But well, I'm just I'm just thinking. Yeah, like the the short period of time where they where the rats started infesting this place recently. Okay. Recently. Well, I mean, was it recent? We don't. I mean, I, I yeah. Call a timeline. Well, she said people started the the people that were alive started getting sick a few days ago. Yeah. Oh, you think it happened again? I th I think those people had got the plague. Oh, well, no, no, those are plague walkers, right? Right. Flat yeah. flat out. So that must yeah. have been recently. Here's what I think happened, though. And I'm trying to ask my own question, but also answer my own question. Because cause I was wrestling with that also. Like, okay, why do they look so goddamn gross? And I realized, oh, yeah, you know, the one person died of the plague. And they, you know, throughout the night, they start biting people in the face and nose and things. Okay. And then, like, I, that's why they yeah, look so gross. my mind, too. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and Charity's saying the... The pustules had ruptured, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just so everybody remembers uh, that childhood um, Ring Around the Rosie song, mm -hmm. it's based on smallpox and the bubonic plague and like all these little pus filled things ring around the rosy pocket full of posies mm -hmm. ashes ashes <laughs> burning the bodies yep body. yeah. so mm -hmm. grim <laughs> most most nursery rhymes are <laughs> rockabye baby come on on the tree they're, yeah, they're all fucked up <laughs> oh god the, that was a uh, symbolic of the uh the stock market <laughs> crash in the early 1900s oh god <laughs> I yeah. know. <laughs> actually, I don't know if that is the case, but that actually does make sense. Yeah. So the market is just a baby in, on a branch, <laughs> enjoying its lovely little be little little cradle rock. Oh yeah! Until the market crashed and the baby died. Yep. Because <laughs> the because the U.S. was a baby. It was just a relatively young country. Anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to take away from from that dovetail, I wanted to go back to when Al gives. Nor the license plate. 
because Nora says, please don't record them like that. I, you know, they don't deserve to be remembered like that. It took me exactly back to two seasons ago in Close Your Eyes, the effort that Charlie was taking to recover the photos of this random family that died in this house and the effort she was like the wiping down the pictures from all the water and just stacking them nice and putting them into mason jars, like all tightly sealed. And I just love that gesture. Like she was like, if I go, I want to be remembered. I don't want to be remembered. Like, I don't want to have the same memory of my parents that is fading. And the last thing that I, I remember was them turning and coming at me. And it just brought me back to that moment of, of her barely remembering what they look like in life and it torturing her. Yeah. And I, I just remember that moment. And I'm like, this is what Charlie was talking about. Like, you know, I, being in this building with all these people working day in, day out, these people you probably see more than you do your family back home. And, and yeah. watching Nora break down like that, it's like, God, I can barely remember what they look like anymore. You know, all I can see is these pustule filled Walker bodies with their faces half chewed off from the other people that ate them. That's the way I want to remember them. Right. And so I just remember that. That was kind of cool. I wish yeah. we'd seen more of that, like on the Walking Dead universe. People like trying to really hard to remember what others looked like before they turned and all that, you know? Yeah. Or like, gosh, like what it must well, have been like from now at a point where they have the luxury of remembering anything, right? I mean, yeah. it's just, it's been survive and run and survive and run. <laughs> yeah. Because there's that simultaneous struggle of like Nora, like knowing what she has to do, clearly. She's capable, mm -hmm. clearly. But then finally confronting that, like, oh God, I just put down all these people I just was talking to a couple days ago that I've been with since before this fucking thing went down this five or six years or four to six years that you know we've been together post the fall when we were working day in day out before the fall mm -hmm. and so there's just something in, in like you know these people have been together longer than rick and well, longer than rick's been around <laughs> rick rick jumped ship like uh, in year three of, of the fall these guys have been together since like four or five years you know working day in day out before that i just there's just something to that that you can't really express in just a tiny little scene Oh yeah, and Sharon D says it bang on, and like I like how you took it there, Sharon D. Uh, that's why I don't look at the deceased at funerals. I don't want to remember them like that. Hashtag confession. And you know what's interesting about that is that Jews, it's forbidden to look upon the dead because of that. It's why we have our seven days of mourning called Shiva, and Shiva is like technically a, a variation of the word seven. Oh, okay. And what you're supposed to do is literally nothing but mourn. You know, you don't look at, look at yourself in the mirror. You you know, I mean, you, there, there are going to be things that are going to be out of your hands, like not wanting. To to eat you know but people are supposed to come over and feed you all you're supposed to be doing is family or oh uh, yeah immediate family so it's brothers sisters uh mother mother's father's wives so yeah so yeah that's and and you're not supposed to, you're not allowed to be to, to look upon them too yeah being in the same room with you know I, it's, there's a whole thing on that which I, i'm not going to get into but yeah all you're supposed to do, be doing is mourning but looking on them upon the dead is is it's forbidden it's verboten yeah. except for the what's called the hever kadisha these these are people who treat the dead so we, we actually don't even use embalming fluid or anything like that. Nothing like that. Um, you go in a pine box and you go in the ground. No preservatives, no additives. <laughs> No, nothing that would preserve the body things only things that would actually make the body go to the ground quicker like not additives but like just plain pine box square like in the olden times like in the old west you know they nail you down they just throw you in the ground and that's it they put some dirt over you you're done not these big ass caskets that don't break down apparently the i i had not heard of this before 
But like in some states, I think you're not like you have to use a preservative unless you have a religious exemption. And even then, like it's only certain graveyards. Well, it makes and sense. You don't want why. that. You don't want it into the soil. You don't want stuff mm -hmm. leaking out and seeping into the ground. I, I guess so. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've been doing it for I centuries. Like embalming, <laughs> like embalming like like extra chemicals, like a human to break down, I think would be fine. But yeah. when you pump them with all the chemicals and then that seeps out into the soil, that would be bad. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. But no, but that's the thing. Like in some states, you have to use some sort of preservative or have to use a specific type of casket. Oh, even yeah. if you choose not to embalm. Yeah, exactly. You have to oh, wow. or something, oh, okay. unless you have a religious exemption of some kind. Okay. I yeah, I, 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 I only recently learned of this. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah, I hope but I don't help know with the cost. Yeah, why do people do? I, I, I guess it's because just the way I grew up. But like, I, I always wonder why people do that too. Because they want to see the dead person before they die, or they want to say goodbye one more time. I guess. Well, yeah. Say go say goodbye to a picture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've been to funerals both with open casket and and closed. And then, I mean, my dad was actually cremated, so there was we had a little you know memorial table for him, but there was nothing, nothing. Right, I mean, I, I get that now. I actually, I I actually wondered why people did the cremation too. Like, wouldn't you just want <laughs> dust to dust? I know I'll get to it in a second. But you saw it already, so we must we must talk about it. She says, "Yeah." She says, "Haha!" But humans today leak out McDonald's preservatives. <laughs> oh, you are not wrong. Oh my God, you are so right. <laughs> ashes to ashes, dust oh to dust, McNuggets God. to <laughs> McNuggets to fries. <laughs> oh my God! In, in gravy, we trust. <laughs> Right. <laughs> ashes to ashes. How do you think the the drop spot works? I mean, one helicopter comes and drops the stuff off, and then another helicopter comes and picks it all up. Sort yeah, of it's... like a, a halfway point between this camp and this camp, or something. Yeah, it's kind of like if you, to give you a picture of it. I think it's like how the radio relays worked in Walking Dead season nine. Okay. You have you have one person in Tower A relays it to Tower B. That person in Tower B relays it to C. So that's okay. how they so they can fuel up, fuel back, go back, and you know and there's this kind of chain of transportation across the country. I just thought it was weird that, well, not not weird, but it was very clear that uh, nobody had actually gone into the building. I mean, all these people were in there, the ones who were al still alive anyway. Right. The only person who got killed was Mark, who went up to the roof. <laughs> I'm almost so, surprised after they saw him that they didn't go in the building and kill everybody. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I'm, well, I mean, you know, you, cap you have to weigh the idea of getting captured by these people over being seen. So, like, okay, you can take them all on, sure, maybe. Maybe not, if there's that many of them. I mean, I mean, let's say, for example, Isabel was the one who killed Mark. Why wouldn't her and her partner then enter the building and, and kill everybody else if they thought people were in there? Well, the whole point is to not be seen. And, if, and, and the idea that had they have gone in and killed everybody, there was a chance that A, they'd be seen, B, they'd be survivors, C, they might overpower them, B, get a map or some sort of info that these people exist. That's the yeah. biggest thing. They just need to know that they don't exist. And the fact, the very fact that Mark doesn't survive to tell the tale and they can fly off and be fucked off with, mission accomplished. You know? I guess it, I'd be thinking, okay, if he knew we were up here, somebody else knows that we're up here. How many other people now know about us? And how so, much do they know? I'll go forward with that and say, like, why didn't they choose a different spot if this happened before, right? Sure. Yeah. If, it, if the, That's this the better was compromised. There we go. Yeah. Yes. That well, spot was compromised after Mark found out. So why not switch locations? 
I suppose the devil's advocate to that or the whatever contrarian position to that would be like, <laughs> it could have been a one-off and it wasn't worth trying to find out whether or not A, it was filled with the dead and B, it was, if it was filled with people who will end up being dead <laughs> at some point yeah. from bubonic plague. But yeah, I guess it's just one of those things where you, uh, you know, if it, maybe they've been using the spot for the longest time and just never got found out somehow, which is- Maybe their solution was the rats. <clears throat> maybe they put the rats and we're like, well, if there's people in here, here, this will take care of them. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think I, so. My money, my money's going on, on, on Death Cult, but but maybe. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Put on a happy face. What? Anything's possible. Mannequin mask. <laughs> I don't know. Anything's possible. Maybe they are working with the I don't know. Maybe they're an offshoot of the CRM. They want it to all burn down. I don't know. The masks again. I remember breaking down the trailer and, and I thought I was convinced anyway, one of these horseback riders with the masks on, I thought um could fit Grace's goal description. Frame, like, right. yeah, yeah. It kind of to me looked, if not Grace, then definitely at least a woman, I guess. But it was like her you know, her hair color, her hair length. And I think she kind almost looked pregnant too, if I remember right. But you can easily it was like a I don't know. I now I'm probably meshing scenes together in my brain. But. but but now that you're looking at Sherry with her little hoodie, maybe her. No. No, you don't think. Uh, what I'm picturing in my head, the hair on this person is much darker, much darker than oh, Sherry's okay. hair. Okay, well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I to... mean, I'm a hair person, so I notice little differences <laughs> like that. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, who knows? Grace is like level two, and Sherry's definitely uh, five or six. <laughs> Oh, in terms of levels of darkness? It's <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> so the only thing I, I, I have left, obviously, is the idea of Dwight finding Sherry. But just to repeat the point, because Al made the decision not to reveal herself technically, and, and Isabel made the decision to not reveal herself technically, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, even though they revealed themselves in their own way, uh, mm -hmm. Al's able to get not only beer, cold beer, beer lady, and Cipro, mm -hmm. which, cu yeah. which cures them of the plague which sounds really funny they end up leaving the building sherry ha having had seen the flare is radioing whoever was on that channel the same channel which is also weird a little too but anyway yeah what are the chances of that i'll it, allow it it could have been a wide wide band channel whatever um meaning it goes across a bunch of channels um are you are you safe? like who are you are you safe blah 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 no i'm just making sure your guys are gonna be dead whatever anyway honey right and then he finds out a cherry rounds the corner we see this heartfelt reunion with dwight and there's really nothing else to say i all i wrote were the lyrics to the song that was playing in the background which coleman domingo actually did a nice little first of all coleman domingo in the instagram takeover on sunday was prolific and i don't mean that in a bad way he gave us so much you know from recent behind the scenes and all that stuff to behind the scenes from last year and the year before that and the year before that all the way down back to frank delane now he brought it back to the he looped it all the way around like he was directing his own instagram takeover it was really cool because <laughs> what he managed to do was go all the way back to frank delane and he said why did i bring up frank delane because the song that we used see when frank delane left the show i went to see him in i guess it was the uk and he introduced me to this musician who writes some really cool music and two years later or whatever it was we ended up using jesper monk's music in that end scene because of that introduction that that Frank Delane gave me, so like here's oh, wow. a here's another all circle kind of thing, like things coming back around. 
So yeah, the the artist's name is Jasper Monk, Frank Delane's friend. Um, That's awesome. You know, and I wrote everything gets a return. And um, so the the lyrics are: You kept your beauty whole. Don't need my help to gl- to grow. But I can chat without you, babe. Slow da- slow you down. Slow you down. So like the idea is like, and this is gives me more fuel to the to the idea that like like you technically didn't need me. And this is Sherry's story all over the place. Like she managed without Dwight. Dwight mm-hmm. hung in there, but Dwight still has value. And maybe Dwight will make her slow down from whatever plans that she has hopefully you know you know it's funny when i heard it i (laughs) i thought sherry finally slowed down enough for him to catch up with her like he he found the note and he was constantly like three steps behind wherever she just was right you know she finally slowed down enough and for him to catch her 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 to catch him yeah (laughs) slow down enough for her to catch him i like that that's poetic yeah yeah I also felt really weird. Like it really, this scene really got to me, right? I mean, you see two, a couple who lost each other and then they come back together. I mean, anybody who's married is going to like feel that, right? You you immediately are like, oh my God, if I lost, you know, my husband, my wife, and then, and then I come back and I see him and it's like, oh yeah, we love that. But in the midst of all that, like I, I like felt really weird, right? Because I'm getting emotional over Dwight. <laughs> Yeah. And and I immediately, like no, kidding, I immediately like flash back to the first time we meet Dwight or, or well, not the first time, but one of the big first times Dwight has a big impact on us. And that's him killing Denise. And I'm yeah. like, here I am. I'm crying. I'm getting emotional over the person who killed Denise. Who like, I what is wrong with to me? like a lot? Yeah, like what is wrong with me? And and what does that say about Dwight's character that he's he's really come around enough that I'm I'm feeling something for him? <laughs> right, right. This I mean, it, it's we isn't it strange how we pick the two characters to cross over to Fear the Walking Dead and then also Sherry. She's an add-on. She's a she's a she's a dingleberry in this equation. JK, JK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the two people like Morgan and Dwight, people have had really, really complicated evolutions, you know, almost like false starts and changes. And you know, when we meet Dwight the first time, first time, is that like yeah. Daryl is helping him out of a situation, and then we don't see him for a little while. He fucks off with the with the saviors. And and then we, we see him again, and there's this complicated relationship where, oh, turns out the person you were trying to protect initially, that Dwight saved you and then you ended up fucking up with the saviors yeah negan took your wife and, and now you're in the doghouse with your face half burnt off so again false start people people that never really had a chance to grow can now flourish on fear of the walking dead and it's kind of it's kind of like watching a twisted tree like that doesn't look great at first but then finds its path you know like <laughs> like when you see a twisted tree starting out it just looks kind of like oh this isn't really much to look at it kind <laughs> of looks actually gross yeah it looks awkward right awkward. Yeah. But then eventually you see that that tree kind of widen up and all those little knots you thought were awkward are actually <laughs> kind of beautiful. Like once it's matured and darkened mm-hmm. and gotten some hardness to it and the leaves start sprouting out. And so there's this weird thing when we see people like that, they're, you almost appreciate where they've come from and where they've gone, you know, and, and you want them to succeed merely by the sheer fact that it they've taken this weird, twisty, windy, grindy evolution. And it surprises you still. Yeah. You know, I was the, I was surprised at my own reaction, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Sharon was saying just before uh, the little guttural wow. noise Dw- Dwight made before he asked, "Honey," it was like John's. Whoo! <laughs> I remember it because I yeah. right before he he told June to live without him, but mirrored. Yeah, but mirrored. Yeah, in a weird way. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. To go on without him. Oh, and this was like yeah. I remember saying this um last year. Whew. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is fitting because John is is kind of who brought him to their group so he could find Sherry. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Oh gosh. Stop it, Charity. Stop it because I know where this goes next. I know where this goes next. And I don't like it because now I can't stop thinking about it, which means I have to share it. <sighs> What if Dwight finds Sherry and then the mirror to that is John losing June? <laughs> she got mad before you even said it. <laughs> I'm mad. They can't just, do that. They a, can't do that. That's the thing. I'm mad having to bring this up because now it's like, now you forced me to confront this idea because there is poetry in it. There's, there's a mm. poetic license to the idea that this could exist. But okay, forget that shit. Fuck it. Who cares? I can't explore it because we don't have anything on June. All we have are, you know, again, what we know is a drop. The, the what we don't is an ocean, right? It's like yeah. we can say, oh, all roads, the the little Vegas pointing signs are pointing to this narrative. But then there's a whole other thing that you just don't take into account because they've already built up this sort of storyboarding for the next couple seasons or <laughs> next couple seasons i'm already assuming next couple episodes <laughs> and she was saying how sharon saying how i've been taught i've been talking since the previews about how it's mirroring laura the idea of finding sherry finding dory uh, um yeah i don't know i feel like it's more complicated than, than what we might be thinking is the way it's going to go down between john and june or if there isn't any in between or between john and june in the season they have to see each other again before they die yeah i i in sharon said I, I hope we're wrong yeah of course i hope we're wrong yeah i do too see this is me this may not be you i hope whatever happens goes towards a better story moving forward meaning i would love a situation where everybody survives and people move on all happy and great and awesome and the rest of the fan community wouldn't but i would but i will settle for whatever moves the story in a way that makes it even grander i'll take it this is just it's been me all along that's what i felt as much as my heart would break to see jenna elfman leave the show for me the only two characters that cannot be killed off would be Alicia and Daniel. <laughs> Other than that, I would find ways to deal with it. It's so funny. Like, I feel like the people, the two people who actually have immunity from dying, can you say it? Aside from Alicia, just Alicia, whatever. Daniel and Morgan. Yeah, because they don't die. <laughs> First of all, we, we've seen Morgan not die a couple times, and then he says it. But then we've also yeah. seen, da we've seen Daniel almost die several times. <laughs> he should have died a lot. Oh my God. <laughs> God. <laughs> Shandy's saying what's more interesting is how John and Jewel react with the other guys, meaning the other people they're paired off with in these anthology episodes. Yeah. Or or oh, yeah. if the other dies, right. Yeah, right. Well what, what what do they become in their evolution if mm. one one or the other dies? Or 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 <laughs> If one is told the other is dead, that could oh, be, yeah. that could be really interesting. Now, here's the thing. Remember what I said about John, the fact that June is safe, I think is the only thing keeping John and a law and order type of man. But if you take that away from him, I don't know what kind of evolution you will get. He's got nothing to lose at that point. Yeah, man. He'd be the outlaw. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nora and Al are talking uh, after everything, and she's staring at that poster of Paradise, and Al makes a comment like, yeah, it was never really that great to begin with. And then Nora asks about the place that she's from. Now, this sounds a lot like the conversation Al and Isabel had. And Isabel tells her, like, no, you don't want you don't want any part of that. And Al basically says the same thing to Nora. Like, it's it's not a good place. You don't want any part of that. Oh, like Ginny's where they're from. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Continue. So I thought that was kind of an ironic conversation conversation like al almost knows how isabel felt when they were having that conversation about wherever it is isabel's from 
Interesting. Yeah. Having that mirror conversation. Oh yeah. 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 Al finds herself in the same spot Isabel is. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Star crossed indeed. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And Sharon is. Yeah. If Jenny, if Jenny kills Wendell, Sarah will lose it. Oh yeah. It could be. Oh boy. I mean, I have not been seeing him too much in the pre in the promos too, which really fucking irks me. Right. Well, that could be a good thing though. Right. I mean, if they were going to take somebody (laughs) off the show, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, don't you think they would put them in our face as a kind reminder like hey this person's here don't forget them i feel like almost if they're not mentioned it's almost safer <laughs> well and sharon's getting all grim this is probably where we should like oh, let's end the show right now <laughs> sharon's going down in the dumps right now because <laughs> oh, she's no. saying chill, chill is a regular on ncis it's true yeah he's been promoing mm. that a lot um the thing that does okay not to be the bear of grim doom and gloom but like the idea that Ginny would keep around somebody in a wheelchair from everything that we've seen i mean she when Wendell could be with Luciana to pair him off with her in the uh, oil, the oil, place. the oil refinery, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which makes sense because I think he was sticking around with her back then. But yeah, I mean, just what we know about Jenny, like the idea of people having a certain level of utility and usefulness to her, and if they're not, they go. Well, she could also be using Wendell as the same kind of leverage for Sarah that she is June and John. Yeah, just as a mere body to keep uh, mm-hmm. keep them in line. Right, right. But then again, I guess. In, in when you play chess though sometimes you have to know which pawns to sacrifice and mm-hmm. and know that it's like a jenga game also like knowing which blocks to to pull away and the, the structure still holds so i wonder if if, if Ginny calculate like th- again this goes to the idea that Ginny's no dummy like yeah. if she can off certain people that don't have usefulness and will still keep the other people in line in some fashion where she lines it up to where she knows okay i can take this guy out easily and the mere thought of of what i can do keeps them in line and keeps the whole thing together aces you know yeah yeah i know like i said i i have definitely you've warned me week after week not to underestimate jenny and i continually do and i i feel like god the more we talk about her it's like she is she's extremely clever I hate to say that to describe her, but it's true. Because it's a hard thing to admit, too. Like, I mean, I know. somebody that you hate so much. It's like, it is a kind of like Negan. And this yeah, is... Which is the bad guy. You're supposed to hate her. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Like, okay, when we see Rick trying to face off against Negan, he is... Im- I, the word I used was implacable. He's a wall that is implacable. And every now and again, we get this little bit of hope, and then it's dashed immediately. Technically, like, Rick didn't really defeat Negan. Eugene did. <laughs> but, true. Very true, yeah. But um, the thing is that in the same way that we it, Rick kept trying to go at it, trying to go at it, these people know better. I like that they know better than to really do a frontal assault. Rick, it just seems stupid that Rick kept doing things the same way in, in some respects. And these people are know exactly what they're doing. They know not to mess with mess with Ginny too much. I think Rick is a little insane. That, that's fair to say. <laughs> He's a psychopath. A little bit. A little um, bit yeah. But this goes to actually my next thing. And this is probably going to be the last thing and I, I, if I had to wager. <laughs> yeah. My notes are cashed. Going back to the death cult, the end is the beginning. Mm. I can see a world in which rather than at the last moments, rather than going after Morgan, I can see a world in which finally in some weird fashion and and keeping in mind that we may find out some things that show the mirror image of Virginia being a sympathetic character and maybe Dakota being a huge dick. Uh, but somewhere along the way, we see that. And then we also come to the realization that Ginny may just need the loyalty and goodwill and faith 
in the people she is charged with to fight this death that this death cult mm. because part of the reason why al and dwight are out there is to find out why these peoples or these little settlements that don't belong to her are, mm -hmm. f are falling like why these people died so it doesn't happen to us there's this distinct effort to find out why these people are dying as a matter mm -hmm. of course so when she finds out i think it may come to dawn on her that there's a force out there that is hastening the end of humanity mm -hmm. and her thing is it goes against her very ethos which look hate it as much as you want the whole idea is the idea of light the light among nations is like the idea of she's trying to like preserve humanity in her own fucked up way but that's the point of it and if right. if we can't have that what is the point of it so she is going to have to probably band together to even to do that so the army may not end up being fighting morgan this army might actually be in the end to find and kill these people or mm -hmm. this small group or whatever have however big this group is we, we've only seen three so far sounds like sharony agrees yeah exactly so sharony's saying is that who strand's army is really for they want us to think it's for morgan yeah i mean that's the thing like no and it could be for morgan it could be why not but well but yeah. but at the same time she might have to she might be forced to change her mind and maybe even she might have to force herself to suck it up and ask morgan for help Ooh. and if morgan is somebody else right now morgan might decide to like this is like the perfect opportunity to not go down this really fucked up path so who knows again i i, I want i bring this up because this is one of those things where you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend and if the whole idea is to live well then you know this is the wrestling match that Ginny is going to have to take because after all the things, the 3D, 4D chess that she is playing to keep these people in line, in comes the wrecking ball and then she has to decide whether or not she she is going to change her tactic and be this flexible person. And this is where we're going to see her either really shine or really show her true colors, meaning she's going to double down. So yeah. we don't yeah. know where this is going to go. We don't even know if we're right. <laughs> but I feel like this is a looming threat to everybody. Yeah. Sharon is bringing up a good point like she'd been throwing people at the warehouse for a long time the uh, the fear version of of the whispers are these death cult people yeah which we mentioned before so if they she had been throwing these people at this warehouse for a long time was it all for morgan i mean keep in mind she she's been probably doing this has had she been doing this longer than two and a half months we don't know yeah but i'm thinking i don't know it could be for morgan or could always have been for this death cult maybe she knows and she's throwing bodies at these this death cult too she also might just be putting together an army to have an army I mean, if she's building this community, you're going to want some sort of enforcement, right? Well, I think the one thing is that Dakota's been mentioning that. Does she mention Morgan specifically? No, to, to get to get somebody, uh -huh. somebody yeah. out there she wants to get, and it's the secret weapon that will defeat them. Right. And you right. are the secret weapon. Congratulations. Right. It's sounding like Morgan, like like Sharon D said. They want us to think that it's Morgan, that it's but it may not be. But yeah. yeah. Or maybe maybe right now Morgan's the focus, but once she realizes this, you know, death cult is out there, she's like, Whoa, we gotta switch switch gears a minute. Yeah, it could be this. So this could be sleight of hand. Yeah, we think it's Morgan, but it's not. Or it could be it is for Morgan, but then it ends up being everybody it rallies together and defeats this other enemy. Enemy of my enemy. <laughs> Whatever happens after that, though, who knows? I mean, yeah. again, this is a chance for Ginny to turn it all around. This is kind of like maybe a better. I'm gonna say it. But I really am gonna regret it. The idea of making a better Martha, also like the idea of somebody who is twisted, intelligent, whatever, but interested in just making people bend to her will you know of of what would be a, a better future the key whatever we are the keys <laughs> whatever anyway so the idea that like 
now, now in the face of this threat, does she change or does she change her ways or does she relent in some way? We don't know. Mm, yeah. Oh, wait, we forgot one very important thing. <laughs> when they were talking about the license plate game, I got distinct oh, feelings, right. right? Yep. Yep. I know right where you're going. And the connection to the Walking Dead universe, to, to, mm -hmm. to Aaron. Mm -hmm. Aaron said he had a brother that collected license plates. Yep. And Althea says that when they were younger, they would spot out license plates and collect them, you know, obviously in their brains uh, as a childhood game in the car for long road trips uh, in Indiana or whatever, wherever they were from. <laughs> But I, I like the idea or enjoy the idea that Aaron's last name might be Sebchak Pragaki. <laughs> <laughs> and that maybe they're like brother and sister or something like that. And they, they had a, a shared brother together named, I think he had oh, a okay. name. Jesse, right? Wasn't that Al's brother, Jesse? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So maybe they don't talk about Aaron. Maybe Aaron has a brother named Jesse. Well, she he mentions that his brother was out West too, meaning probably oh. California. I enjoy the idea that this it's possible that they're, they're connected in some way. See, I, I guess I didn't really think that they were related in any way. I just liked I just liked that they brought the two shows together through that bridge. Yeah, of collecting yeah. license plates and stuff like that. Yeah, which is pretty common. I mean, I did that as a kid, me and my brother, you know. Or we'd, we'd either point out the states, you know, try and find as many different states as we could, or we'd try and make words out of the, the letters. <laughs> oh, yeah. And start, see, all we would do is annoy each other, like find different <laughs> ways of annoying each other. My yeah. sister would always win, though, because all she had to do was sing commercial songs. <laughs> do, 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 Especially with my cousin. If my cousin was in the car with her, like they lived in New York, living with my grandmother also. Long story. <laughs> um, but like every now and again, because we lived in Jersey for a little while, so they would take a little break and come down to Jersey. And my mom would go there, pick her up, bring her back. I'd be in both car rides, like oh, that gosh. hour car ride in traffic through the tunnels and all that. And I have to suffer through my fucking sister and the, it just touches. Oh my God. And they didn't even sing well. They just, they sung in like an annoying way. On purpose, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Of course. I don't know if they knew that they were annoying me at the time. Sometimes, you know when you know when you just get into it? Sure. But it did. Oh boy. My, my dad and I played a game, my dad made up a game called American Flag. And you'd have to point out every American flag. You'd get different point values for how big it was or how far away it was or how small it was. <laughs> Oh, that is so fucking yeah. genius, too. We play, play American flag, but it was American flag. If you said American flag, it didn't count. <laughs> Whoa, you, your dad brought in so many levels to this game. It's <laughs> oh, impossible well, not to want to play it. So we developed this game on a trip up to Sault Ste. Marie. He had a, uh, my dad was a magician. I don't know if I shared this before. Is that a UP place? Um, uh, yeah, Sault, yeah, Sault Ste. Marie's in the Upper Peninsula. So I live I live here in the armpit. We had to drive <laughs> all this way up Cross to, to this part. Yeah. And Sault Ste. Marie, I believe is this way. Hold on, this way. It's like over here, I believe, somewhere in this general vicinity. So it was like, I don't know, six hour car ride. Mm. <laughs> we had to do something. So, yep, we we invented the game American Flag. <laughs> God damn, your dad's a genius. He really was, yeah. <laughs> God, how impassioned. I can see that game like lasting for maybe an hour, though. To be honest. Oh, all six. No freaking way. I mean, we did other stuff, but all along the way, if if there was an American flag, I don't care if he was right in the middle of telling me a story, I would cut him off and find the point out the American six, seven. <laughs> oh yep. God. Because like and sometimes. You see, sometimes people have like teeny tiny American flags on their license plates too. We're oh like, no, extra you're points, extra points for a small one. 
Damn, <laughs> you're competitive. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We're you see this thing when you deal with cameo kids, you're, it's all about being stubborn. If you give us a game <laughs> and give us too many rules, be like, "Fuck you, I'm not playing this game anymore. Let's make up another." Oh, it's called beating your sister on the arm. <laughs> oh, you're gonna Take sing again? Beating. You get three punches in the arm. <laughs> oh, you're okay. Here comes another one. <laughs> Here comes another. Like, not in the face. What the hell's wrong with? You? <laughs> never the face oh man that that's the funny thing when you when you, when you have immigrant parents it's like like the thing they get mad about is you hitting somebody in the face like that that's <laughs> the limit or like you can hit people in the arm and in the leg and then, <laughs> when you hit the face oh boy do the belts come out no I'm kidding <laughs> but, the, but that's the thing you just don't do it so we, yeah. we, we were told that was that was the line it's like if you hit it's wrong morally wrong that was the that was the limit the face i i i would definitely agree with that like if you hit somebody in the face you're not joking around anymore like you don't joke around by punching someone in the face yeah yeah like you can hit them in the arm in the belly you know shove them around you know that's fun and jokey but no once you hit them in the face game yeah, over yeah. we're fighting for now, you're, now. now you're now you're fighting seriously <laughs> now we're really fighting oh god <laughs> Anyways, well, we enjoyed you. We're, we're glad you enjoyed our tales of uh, parochial punishment. Um, corporal punishment, that's right. Corporal oh, punishment. <laughs> Bad parenting and even worse sibling rivalry. Uh, so if you like if you like what you heard, <laughs> rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. And if you'd like to write more, that'd be great. Um, and hey, if you really, really enjoy our insights into these episodes, uh, feel free to create an account on ko-fi.com and then follow us at coffee.com slash squawking dead. If you buy us a coffee though, you don't have to, but if you do, you'll get 30 days of access to our unedited recordings to get a chance to join us in the chat, just like Sharon did today. And also any little features and bugs along the way that we want to let you know that we're not going to let anybody else know because uh, we're prideful and we don't want to spill the beans all over the internet and get canceled for some reason. Oh. Um, <laughs> but if you subscribe to a coffee a month, the party just keeps on rolling. In any case, I've been your host, David Cameo. I was joined by, you were joined by, Cosmom09, <laughs> Rachel Burt, and Sharon D in the chat, giving us the jokes, the jokes all day. Right. And the insights too, by the way. Awesome stuff today. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time when we talk about The Walking Dead World Beyond's, was it the fourth? Was it the fifth episode? It's fourth? It's fifth. Because they're ahead of us. Fifth episode. So until then, speak to you soon. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>